So here we are. Here we I, are. Uh, I'm, what is it? Is it? Is it a still a felony if it's an international crime? Like yep. if I did? Yeah, a those crime are felonies in yeah. Canada, and then I, I I came here. I fled here. Yep. Is it still a crime when I get here? Yep. Okay. Well, I kidnapped my brother from Canada. <laughs> well, how's it going, eh? How's it going, eh? And I further shanghaied him onto the Just a Ride podcast. Welcome. Welcome. This is episode, what the fuck episode is it, Zach? Uh, 15. Script Keeper. It's, it's a 15. 15. Is there a thing for 15? We had a fortnight. We had a fortnight. Dozen. 15 is a standard deviation. Okay. We are at the standard deviation. Oh, I look think. at that. Perfect. What's that? That's <laughs> 15, <laughs> I think, for something. I don't know. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. Welcome well, back. This is What's the up, very guys? Hoser edition. Welcome, Hoser. Yeah. Oh, thanks for the welcome, eh? <laughs> yeah. Shop off, ready. would you? Oh, bugger off, eh? <laughs> so there's four of us to keep track of this time. Great. Four of us to we talk over each other. It's going to go talk well. over each other like we just did mm-hmm. just now. Just now we did that. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it as much to us. You know, I'm pretty sure sometimes we actually do it intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, when it's we, usually when we say the super inflammatory shit. That's when we really want to obscure it so that it doesn't I'm going to say this <laughs> right now. Talk. <laughs> Look, it's so really like, weird. Did I hear that? It's like the little porn clips yeah. that get thrown the into subliminal. Disney movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you guys hear that? <laughs> it's sometimes we'll have a conversation where the two of us will be talking and the other person will have a conversation, but there's only three of us. It's like what the hell's going on? There's yeah, two well, conversations. Well, Zach three people has the keen ability, obviously, to talk to themselves. I do. Yeah. He's got several voices in his head. That is what I'm going to be. That have become characters. Down, actually, actually. They're, unfortunately, they're not only voices in your head; they're voices outside of your head. They now. run my life. Good job. They they did give me bad advice too. Always. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, we gather around and we start the show. We've we, it's. Our custom now to start the show with a police story. The police story. Since we have a police officer here and he's... You know you got stories. Everybody sit at the feet of Papa Jeff. Yeah. Papa Jeff. Which, this by the way, Bearbaugh is, I think, the leader for me. Bearbaugh. Bearbaugh. It yeah. works both as your Mr. Bear Man and as Naked Guy. And that's something you do in your bed that's not necessarily like warranted sometimes. You know, if you're naked in a bed and it's do you sleep naked? a trip with the fam. and Is that, is that a joke? I don't. No. Really? No, I don't sleep naked. No. What do you wear? Uh... Close to naked. You wear the same thing you're wearing right now. Basically, I mean, a lot of times, <laughs> honestly, pretty much been wearing the same thing the last four weeks. And jeans yep. and a sweatshirt and his New York uh, hat. Yep. Yeah. That's how I roll. And I sleep in my hat. What, what sports ball team is that? Is that Yankees? This is a Yankee. Shaden. <laughs> this is the most famous logo in the history Jesus of the world. <laughs> was that right, though? Yes, you See, were. I knew. Okay, yeah. Get off my back. But the fact that you were questioning it. <laughs> this, the of fact that the, you posed like, it is that a McDonald's logo? Is that, <laughs> what does that mean? Listen, What's of that? all the sports balls that ever did ball sports, I look at baseball the least. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. That, like <laughs> that sounds like a soccer fan has about as much background in ball sports as you do. If it was a team that slapped around a puck on ice, Probably you. I, I like hockey too. <laughs> I like hockey. Hockey's great. It's been a lot of years since I uh, watched it. Mm-hmm. I was one of the guys that thought when they put the the little thing around the puck so you could follow it on TV that that was good. It was actually apparently there too, I'm huh? a huge cunt for thinking that. Yeah, you are. Yeah, <laughs> it's All the only little tiny black dot on a field of white. But on my screen, it was it, maybe I had a shitty screen at the time. And I wanted to be able to see the hey, video games know that I, I had a shitty screen. You, I, I kind of thought it was cool, too. I, it was, right? It was, uh-huh. a, it was a rite of passage. It's an American it, it thing, a, I think. It was, it was a rite of passage to learn how to track the puck. Oh, fucking. Why, why <laughs> must there be gatekeepers for everything? I just want to enjoy a thing. You have to earn it. <laughs> I don't want to. I want to I just know. get through I got the a gate. stigmatism or something. I don't know. I, I don't know. Light. You just get brought up with Hockey Night in Canada at your grandparents. 
Yeah. And yeah. So is Wayne Gretzky. I grew up in is, is there a photo in your house and hee-haw. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like the Jesus of Canada. It should Every be, right? time you go through like an archway of a house, there's always Gretzky right there. That yeah. makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, like a painting. <laughs> like the Spanish Jesus. The Canadian Jesus. <laughs> yeah. What is it about sports records if they're so amazing and they'll like never be broken? It's like that person is basically a god. Why? We well, because they're the best people. at their craft, and that's impressive, regardless of what the craft is. But that level. we're all hungry for a god. I, mean, I guess so. <laughs> people are amazed with serial killers. Their craft was pretty amazing, but I mean, it doesn't mean you should go out and do it. True, but I'd rather people try and be good hockey players. I don't know what we're talking about at this I don't point. Know. I think we were doing police stories. <laughs> yeah, police stories. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I started so off another asking you, and then I went off. Kind of not there. Kind of won't make any sense, just like the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Just a psychotic uh, ride. Work in patrol, get a general call, boyfriend, girlfriend are in an argument. She's screaming that she wants him arrested for child abuse. Okay. That's all I know. They live together. They have a kid. No, oh, guilty. And Say no more. She <laughs> thinks that he abused the child. Me. So get into the house, start talking to her. She's fucking hysterical and she's holding this very small baby like you know you hear that you're thinking three four year old i don't have any information this is a fucking infant e. so where's he well he's just in a back bedroom i got another partner kind of just hanging out with him not not talking because i'm doing the investigation so i'm talking to her she's crying i finally started getting her calmed down she's telling me that they've got this baby and, and they're, you know, taking care of it together. And the baby was crying and crying and he just couldn't handle it. And he kicks the baby across mm. the room. I'm like, what? Don't the kick the baby. Fuck? Whoa. Thanks. So I'm like, well, is it, let me see the baby. Yeah. And she hands me this blanket and it doesn't feel right. And I open the blanket up. It's a fucking doll. Uh-huh. It is a doll. This, Ooh, you know, the, <laughs> so here's what the deal was. High school. When they have those babies that they give to kids for yeah. a week yeah, and you're practice. supposed to take care of them. And they, a lot of times they do little couples. Sometimes it's random. These two kids were actually dating 17. The parents allow them to live together. So maybe a good choice, maybe not. Anyway, so they would decide like to take care of this well. child together. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently it was his turn. Kid wouldn't stop the, I don't know, you have to wait. I, I never robot. had to do it. I don't know how oh. they work. So she was like seriously method acting. Like she was committed to her role. No, she oh. was equally as crazy <laughs> as him. Okay, wait, wait. So they were still like 17, 18? Like yeah, they're 17 the years okay. old. They're okay. in high school. They're taking care of this baby together. It was his turn at this time. The kid didn't stop crying, so we punted it across the room. room. <laughs> <laughs> Which, there's an element of fucking humor in that, because yeah. he's like, fuck this. This is what, dumb. She, she's like, I want him to but, get it. He should get a C for that, at least. Yeah. Or but a like, D. she's like, we're supposed to be taking Post this least. real, and she wasn't method acting. She's just like, this is my boyfriend, the guy I live with and this is how he's going to treat our children. A, a, a valid fucking concern from her perspective, right? For sure. So, perhaps I, I was relieved on one hand that it was a doll and then it was really hard to keep my composure right. that it was a doll and not lose my shit on her but yeah. so I had to, to quickly get to into take a, it seriously too. I had to get Jeff. into a different perspective. I, I didn't take it seriously at that point but I did not treat her like an asshole, at least. Yeah, of good. course. Good and, for you. <laughs> but anyway, so that was the call. She was concerned about 
how he was going to treat you. Obviously, it's not a fucking crime, and it was a waste of my time, but it was entertaining. That's as hell. amazing. Would have been funny if you showed up and then he just tossed the baby just, to you. And you're like, oh, it, yeah, dropped it down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, take this. Like that, yeah. <laughs> he was in the bedroom, was like, I can't. He's playing believe golf. This is happening. <laughs> so they broke up. By the way, they did. He ended up leaving. He tells that <laughs> red flags. Story. He tells that story to this day. I'm sure he does. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's amazing. That is pretty amazing. <laughs> Weird. All right. So thank you for the police story. That's just one of many. That's just one yeah, call. Was, you know, nobody died. Nobody got hurt. Nobody went to jail. That's one call. And there were how many calls a night do you think you would go on on average? On uh, 18 to 20, probably. Mm-hmm. For how many years? 27. Sheesh. That's a lot of ho- a lot of folks that you met. No, I, doing crazy. I would shit. have to drop that if, if I had to average because you know I mean different times here. Fifteen though. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Moving that, on. That doesn't mean that everything had paper because sometimes there were calls like that, or you know. Right. Sometimes they got terrible. Yeah, Most somebody, of them were. Somebody watered my dead lawn and I'm pissed. Things like that. Right. <laughs> you went to a lot of DVs, right? Was one of the major things domestic violence. Well, a lot of things are titled domestic violence, which is generally, I mean, people can be in an argument. Kicking talk your about that real quick yeah. so, so here's I mean yes domestic violence is bad and it occurs and people hit each other and it's shitty and things get broke and there's mandatory arrest and all that crap but normally what happens is you have two people that live together which would constitute a domestic relationship whether mm-hmm. they're married or not dating or not doesn't matter they just have to live together they're not getting along they're arguing about something that argument has escalated to somebody should probably leave but neither of them want to so usually somebody, so somebody calls the government in do, 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 yeah. to government come in man. and say, hi, tell us all your problems and we'll maybe help you. But our only help is going to take someone to jail and probably fuck your life. If you need so, a dog shot? We're here. We're here now. Generally, the person that calls is the person that is very wrong, very wrong in the argument. And they want to be That's right. Funny. And they want to be really right. So right that they call the government to back <laughs> their story. And usually it's like, well... You're being an asshole, you're being a child, and you should probably just go to bed and leave this person alone. <laughs> leave him alone. That does seem to be like a common weird... Uh, yeah. So I come in and parent uh, like, is what well, I did. No, right. but like, like, so the per- what I'm trying to stutter my way towards here <laughs> is that... <laughs> that's all, folks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it seems to be a common... I don't want to say misconception, but it's like a, this weird... Um, cognitive dissonance that people harbor where they're like, if I'm the one that calls the cops, then I'm automatically the one who's not in trouble. That's exactly right? what yes. people Which think. Is and they wild. will <laughs> they'll race to call yeah. and then you oh, know, yeah, and we, you know, goes, oh, they're both in the same call, so they get duped in. They're both calling. I'm reading their stories. And the other fun part is I can read what people are saying in a call. And from what they're saying, I can deduce that it's totally something different. Like they're saying this, but actually what they mean is this. This is what they're trying. Oh, okay. This is a custody custody battle issue. That's what's going on. And then I walk out in the front. So when you guys go to court, how do you know we're going to court? Yeah, just based on what you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah, people lie. Everybody lies. Yeah. Well. Now, well, obviously, and they you planted patterns. bugs in their house because you're the government. Yeah. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> I was. <laughs> People do fall under this yeah. similar oh, the, patterns, huh? Yeah. So the domestic violence thing too. Uh, so the end result is usually you're like, well. Neither one of you committed a crime. It's not illegal to argue. Neither one of you want to be an adult and leave each other alone. So we're gonna leave and <laughs> don't kill each other. You know, I, you know, good talk, good well, talk. It's, it's easier in Canada because they just show up with a horse and then they come into the house with a horse and it's like, well, <laughs> well they just run horse. you right over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, a different respect level when there's a horse involved. We should probably get horses as the 
Okay. So I'm not going to lie. If somebody was trying to tell me off from horseback as opposed to in the car, I'd probably take a bit more of a pause. I'd be like, oh, this motherfucker's on a horse. Right. Like, he exactly. probably knows a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> Just to get onto the horse. He knows more than I do, for fuck's sake, about the horses at least. All right. Thank you for that. Now let's move on to this is one that Shaden that brought us its favorite comedians of all time. Yeah. This should this should be this should tell us a little about about each other, I think. It's gonna be hard, but let's try to let's try to pick it. one each. One? Oh I know, damn, dude. I know. You, I know you're not supposed to pick your favorite child, but yeah, everybody has one. Crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. Well I don't want to start then. I gotta think about this. Go oh on. I'm Ron White. I mean, Ron White. Ron White, it's a nice. good pick. As yeah. absolutely famous as he is, he's famous for a goddamn reason because he's the best. Yeah, that Shit. guy, just his, the way he segues into stories and the way that he can tell a story, and and his jokes really aren't even about the thing. It's about how he got there. Right. You know, and it just yeah, <laughs> like I can tell a story like no other, and I can just sit and listen to him for hours. In fact, a lot of the younger guys would ask how I could talk to people at calls and not get in trouble because they were pretty impressed by that. Right. <laughs> like, you, you like tell people the truth and they like say it's thank you and you're want funny. to hug you and stuff. It's because you're funny. Because I'm cracking jokes. Yeah. But I, to- I would tell them, go watch Ron White videos. Learn how, watch how he just segues in how he speaks. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. controls the conversation the whole time. Yes, he's a comedian on stage, but watch him in interviews. He does the same damn thing. I wonder if he's aware of that. If he's just playing 4D chess with everyone. <laughs> I'm not possible yeah possible. Just or if it's just ability. his personality yeah could, could just be. be so is that why he's your favorite is because he's a storyteller like yes. a masterful storyteller he's your favorite yeah. storyteller yeah. absolutely that's Man. cool I thought that, that's like a pretty quintessential part of co- good comedy yeah I like I mean timing obviously well there's the punchline <laughs> guys and then there's the story <laughs> yeah. I mean it's but yeah like it, that's all of my favorite comics are that way too like they'll they'll lead you on a merry little chase and then mm-hmm. you know bring some element of it full circle and be like ha see there's you something forgot, special. I didn't forget there's yeah. something special about a Jimmy Carr though where it's just like I have 700 fucking one line jokes well, yeah. that I'm gonna hammer well, you with yeah so but so there's few to, like him. that's an excellent segue into my favorite comedian because after I just went on that whole <laughs> rant of praising storytellers my favorite comedian's Mitch Hedberg Ooh. Oh, well, wow. That even, it doesn't surprise me knowing you. It doesn't. But your age and still being into that style of comedy. No, that was oh, perfect. That was perfect for your Mitch age Hedberg, group, I bet. Because yeah. he was young and impressionable when he was rocking he was the Comedy Central. But, I mean, he died when I was young. Yeah. Well, fucking I mean, hell, he died when he was young. <laughs> he was very young. Yeah. It was a pretty tragic he's, life. He's he's. He's great though, and I think that's part of why I'm so I've been so enamored with him is because of the way that he like met his end and like you could sort of see his deterioration, mm-hmm. but he was just tenaciously doing his art form in the face of it, you know. And yeah. Like, There's another comedian that reminds me of him a little bit just in some of the delivery. And I of course I can't remember his goddamn name, but tall, skinny, curly hair, and really he's got like a six head because his hair is so far back and, and he's more of a one-liner guy I, I don't god damn it i can't think of who you're talking about i'm sure somebody's and screaming his, out there and his eyes just device. bulge out of his f- head and he's talking about chris delia i can't well now i can't fucking remember so i shouldn't even <laughs> what kind of curly hair like poofy yeah carrot top 
<laughs> well done. That's what I was thinking too. Should have said red hair. You should have led with red hair. Yeah, that's the hair thing. Well, now I just went off on a, went off on a tangent to go nowhere. So, no, no, red no. hair. Anyway, it's I just take, ride I take Brian back, Louis C.K. All Louis the way, baby. He is <laughs> jerking great. off in doorways. That's what I. That's, that's what I go out for. That's what he'll be remembered for. But his stand-up which is tragic because actually he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, his stand-up is amongst the best ever. I think yeah. for sure. But yeah, still Mitch Hedberg. If I had to pick one. I mean, there's a ton. I can't really. I mean, I guess Mitch the would be, most if you forced me to pick, Mitch would be. But, I mean, um, fucking, wow. Here. Gapping on his name right now. He's the be- He's literally the best. I know Jeff thinks his is the best, but he's, he's wrong know. about he's, it. He's the best. George Carlin? No. He's great, too. <laughs> Bill though. Burr is also one he's of, good. One of mm-hmm. the best. I would rank him right up there, too. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Oh. I'm so I'm so ashamed that I was. I don't think anybody would argue. Dave I don't think anyone would argue that he's. <laughs> he is the best. Like literally yeah. the he's best. He's the goat. I yeah, so for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even when he's not telling jokes, he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say he's my top. He's two. the best for his balls, though. I mean, his jokes are amazing, but he's the best for his he's balls. He's got some big steely ones for sure. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. My favorite. Actually, go ahead. You got a favorite comedian? Oh no, go go go! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All you, buddy. Uh, I don't even know because it's kind of a pantheon of of kick ass because it's my Red favorite skeleton. food yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i really like the classics yeah i go back to way back um i like doug stanhope a lot because he's unique like in the hedgeberg sense but he's uh unique in another way where he's just grating and biting mm. but he's not my favorite i do like bill burr for kind of kind of a similar to a george carlin uh voice of reason uh it's funny because it's true kind of guy mm-hmm. you know a lot of his stuff is that but bill hicks i think is my ultimate Uh, because he was just ahead of his time his commentary was like Carlin's but even more it was less PC even than Carlin's you know audacious it was only allowed in in England and in little clubs in America that's where (laughs) Bill Hicks lived forever but Bill Hicks was my favorite and he kind of was uh, I don't know he's kind of a conspiracy nut bar like I am he's kind of cut from the same cloth where we're like I don't really like he's a contrarian i guess and so i smell my own i'm like yeah you smell like you don't get along with folk very well either i like you what you're saying is at some point you sniffed mr hicks's butthole i would have i would have i would have i would have been first in line went smells like family (laughs) (laughs) this cloth smells familiar all right so that tells us a little bit about each other do you you have a favorite comedian you want to yeah i guess Do canadians have comedies or comedy what's his name We've got a, there's a few. Oh no, Jim Carrey's oh, Jim from Carrey's there. Jim Carrey's Canadian, yes, but uh, he's not the one I went with. Brian Adams is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody gonna get hurt real bad. Russell Peters. Russell, Russell Peters. Peters. Do it. He's, he's fantastic. He is pretty funny. Yeah, he, he is, is fucking good. Yeah, but I gotta choose an American because um, Tom American. Segura. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Tom, Tom Segura is dark great. humor. Yeah, he's one of the best ever for sure. Yes, I, I think it would be easier to name comedians I don't like. <laughs> yeah. No shit. I'm not sure. Well, then it gets all political because most of the people that I don't like end up being just political hacky folk where it's like, really? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Everybody thinks that. Anyway. Yeah. Silly shit. I, I think that comedians now are like the, they're the, la- the I don't want to say the last remaining, but they're like, they're really the, the art form that ha- still has rock stars in yeah. it. You know what I mean? Big like, time. like music, there's guys that are like, you know that they would approach what I would call being a rock star in, in music, like bands that are actively touring and in their prime right now. You know what I mean? But yeah. but 
comedians, man, they're rock stars for the reason that rock stars were rock stars, which is they're actually hitting on issues that people give a shit about and people rally behind them like hard, yeah. you know, and like, and it's because they're talking about some real shit they're mm -hmm. just putting a funny spin on it but like the best comedy is stuff that's just observational and like hey have you ever thought about the way that this is fucked up and you don't even think about it exactly you know? like, yeah and you just joke about it but the yeah, thing about toilet paper <laughs> is it has nothing to do with i don't know i have no joke for that but whatever <laughs> yeah so anyway that's my opinion on comedy i just love comedy because it's like it's it seems like it's still mostly sacred i think it's come under attack <laughs> yeah. a few times in recent years but it's still like people still kind of get out like you can say things within the confines of a comedy show that you couldn't say anywhere else and mm -hmm. it's like beyond reproach yeah know, which i think is great it's I also we need ven uh, you know venues like that big time it's also like a place where one you don't need it's not a band it's not a organization it's one guy one gal you know maybe a manager or something so it's this art form that's very independent too mm -hmm. like after working with dan it's like dan lived in hollywood and did all the things you're supposed to do in hollywood and it didn't really pan out for dan but it was him going off and doing his own thing under his own strength like there was no denying that he wasn't i mean he was always funny right and he always killed clubs he murdered clubs and there's no taking that away from him and he was able to do everything with just a manager and an agent you know a tiny little team he's got this empire that he's built and it's because of the comedy. It's because, well, the time suck kind of, it was both things helped each other, but yeah. it's, a, I, it's such an impressive thing to, especially when you're a contrarian, libertarian type minded person where you're like, you know, you know, you know, you're not doing it by yourself, but you are a loner. You don't necessarily like people that much. It's a nice place to go. And it's one of the few art forms where you don't have to collaborate well with others to get through it and stuff. Well, you also don't get anything to fucking hide behind either. True. Like, like doing stand-up comedy, Fuck. in my opinion, takes way more balls than getting on stage with an instrument and singing some songs. Seriously. You know? like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they both take balls, but getting up there with just you, your microphone, and some shit that you hope the whole room finds funny, mm -hmm. that is terrifying. <laughs> right. I, mean, I talked about yeah. this just recently about my dad doing his his little his comedy show that he does once a year and you know i mean he can do it for a half hour and he's yeah awesome. they're all jokes he's heard it, sometimes he tells his own stuff but i've always wanted to do that and i don't have the balls to do it That's quite scary. frankly if i'm being yeah. honest i am too scared well i feel like point. i feel like the negative outcome of like falling on your face uh, as a comedian versus as a as a musician the consequences are way worse. Do people will eviscerate you if you get up and tell bad jokes? You know what I mean? Like, like at least at least when you're a musician, like most of the room will be like, okay, yeah, they, yeah, can, right. attack, Good they job. can attack your skill of the yeah. guitar. But. Good job, whatever. That's the but the next, room turns you know, on you. Yeah, but like there's no you, drummer to protect you. You go up to like an you hit an open mic and you tell jokes and they're not going over well. People are like, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So your words and your thoughts. It's a, it's more of a personal yeah. attack. Yeah. With a band, you have a drummer and a bass player, and that's what they're for is to protect yeah, you from the crowd exactly. that wants to kill they're, you. They're the they're the target Akeem. for people's derision. Right. It's like your singer said some shit. You got to come through me, bro. That's why I got this heavy ass bucket bass, baby. It's a comedian. You're like, I got my microphone and my dick in my hand. And that's, that's all I got. I don't know. It is bravery, too. And it's so weird. That's probably what happened with Louis C.K. It wasn't, he was trying to defend himself. All he had was his dick. It was, was self defense, you're on right. Flip it around. You're not looking at the right victim here. I was in fear for my life. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Getting on stage and singing with a guitar in my hand is is not super hard compared to like, even with public was speaking. Was there ever a time when it was? Like, do you remember? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, 
you know, playing in a band is e- the easiest thing because you're with friends and you've rehearsed together and, and yeah. you kind of just you unveil yourself if together. <laughs> if you're that kind of folk. <laughs> but, but I remember the first acoustic time I ever played. I probably already told the story here. But yeah, I was shat myself. It was like, open mic, I'll go play. I'd been playing like acoustic guitar in my band. Pants? Basically. I was in Arizona, so I couldn't really tell. It was so hot. Everything <laughs> felt like it was just oozing just everywhere. carrying a quarter cup of sweat right yeah. behind your ball sack. Yeah, I had no idea. It was just, <laughs> everything's liquid. Fuck, fuck me. But no, I was terrified. But like, I do a lot of emceeing where, you know, I, I, for all sorts of crap, I've talked in front of people. And when you're not, when you don't have to get a laugh, it's not as hard as when it's like, your whole point of being up there is to get a laugh every 20 seconds or less that's fucking terrifying because if you're just up there emceeing like hey welcome to fucking best buys get together hey everybody's having a good time if you get three or four laughs during the whole night you're like you're the best emcee of the night <laughs> you know if you get three or four laughs in a five minute set it's like we kind of want to beat you up in the parking yeah, lot <laughs> so uh i know we said we're gonna pay you but we're <laughs> yeah not. we're gonna take money you out of your wallet yeah, yeah yeah and you had some food here we're gonna shake you up and up and down until you get it out of your fucking system <laughs> we want it back in the toilet or something <laughs> put it back <laughs> we don't like your shit <laughs> i don't know but yeah respect to anybody that can try that but the other thing is do you have you ever been to a comedy show where somebody failed hard yes. where they bit it hard yeah. okay yeah. and and well, how did you feel for them Really fucking bad. Did you? Did you gang I up? I wanted or to we... hide under my own chair oh, for them. No it shit. was brutal. What happened? Was it? Uh... I I just remember it, it. Just it was not funny. Just no landing. And then people started coming after him, and he <laughs> couldn't even come back. It I'm was funnier just... than you, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had no quality comebacks or anything that he should have had in his pocket. And it's the toughest. You can't. And, okay. and it was sad. Yeah. It's weird because, like, with music, if I want to, if I'm afraid, like, we, we're playing a big show here in a, in a week or two, I can practice it over and over again, and I know that my body will just do it. And when I get on stage, it will be different, but I know that I'll be my muscle memory will be able to kick in. Like, you can't really practice comedy. There's no real way to sit and be like, you know, try doing a stand-up set in your basement to your dog it's like oh that's fucking i mean it's not easy you don't get the feedback that you'd think you'd get you know and so yeah you have to go up and suck ass for at least once if not many many times so that's why those comedians tend to have thick ass skin just because they survived the worst fear which by the way ron white have you ever seen some some of his old stuff I've seen some stuff when he was on the Red Tour, but not before. No, this is old. He had long hair and a big old mustache and wore flower shirts and shit. Really? He was terrible. Really? He was fucking terrible. Didn't find his voice, I guess? He just changed his whole persona. Comedy in the 80s and 90s was weird. I think he just became himself, honestly. I think he was trying to be someone else on stage. That's what it was. He just decided to be him. I bet it is. Because all those, like Louis C.K. talked about it, where. He just did the same set over and over and over and over and over again. That was the set that got him paid. That's the set that got him on Letterman, all that kind of crap. And then at one point he was just like, I don't want to do that. And he started to do a new set every single year for like the special or for the tour and stuff. And I think that changed comedy because it went from kind of that, I've been doing this bit for 20 years. You can't tell me what's funny to it's like, ah, that's your best bit. Eh, I'm throwing it out. I'm doing this new bit now kind of thing. And I don't know. Now we're part of that generation where it's like a new Netflix special every year or even less like Dave Chappelle put out three or four in a year one time and Mm -hmm. Bill Burr puts out one every year or whatever and that's expected now but back in the day when you watch like 
evening at the Improv on A&E or whatever, you could see a comedian every year do the same jokes on A&E kind of thing. It's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what my point is, but... Yeah, that is an interesting thing to think about, though, because it seems like the, because of the availability and the appetite generally for entertainment consumption it's like the amount that you have to produce oh fuck is is insane which i know you know nothing about i have no idea (laughs) keep keep making jokes monkey dance you jester fuck i love it i'm this is the time of my life so but yeah it does feel like uh now there's so much entertainment there's so much out there and and you make promises in, as an entertainer, so you better deliver, motherfucker. It's overwhelming too. Like I think about it in terms of video games, and I just saw Jeff's eyes glaze. <laughs> I'll be back. But when I was <laughs> when I was uh, a young kid, there the video games that you and your friends had were like most of the same games. They had a few that you didn't have. You had a few that they didn't have, and you'd like swap games for a little while so you could play each other's games. But like there just wasn't a huge selection of games that you could play right. and then now mm-hmm. it's like as a as an evolved elder gamer <laughs> right i'm like i'll sit down at my pc and i'll look i'll open up my steam library and it's just years upon years of just like yeah no so it's, you know, it's, like, it's no different I'm, than the growth of porn and I'm, yeah, well, yeah kind of but i'm not overwhelmed when i go looking for porn i'm just delighted that there's variety <laughs> but when I, when I, <laughs> I just get frustrated when i can't think of new shit <laughs> you're not as specific about what you want you're like or when oh, i type stuff fun. in they're like we just called the police yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, your nsa's guys like look dude i gotta push the button on this one i'm <laughs> yeah, sorry you on, are man. going over the line <laughs> i've given you a a lot of slack here and i feel like this is just you're gonna have to ask for that much differently than you just did (laughs) (laughs) use some cute words (laughs) so how seriously have you ever thought of doing stand-up have you ever has it ever crossed your mind as like it has crossed my mind yeah i feel like a lot of tell me tell me tell me i don't think i i don't i don't i don't i don't think i could do it like (laughs) the because the problem is i have the capacity to be funny but it's only in response to things so if I'm just expected to stand up there and like spontaneously create funniness out of nothingness, I don't, I just don't think I have that skill. You can shit your pants once and then yeah. <laughs> that's the joke and it's not going to last long and the, the crowd will clear out. Right. Yeah. So, so I yeah, thought about I it, but not, I don't not. know. Like I'm, I can, I can tell a story and make it amusing, but it's not like, oh, oh, oh we'll pay you to tell that story. But memorizing, memorizing a joke and a punchline or a story and, and putting it in order. That's what terrifies me. Yeah. It's like, I know I could do the jokes. But I would just forget where I'm going next. Yeah. You know? But it's like a set list, probably. So you can memorize those things, but I don't know. Yeah, he's going to be nervous laughing like the entire set because if he tells a joke and he's not sure if it's funny, he's going to laugh first. That's true. And get other people to laugh at it because he's laughing. Then you don't That's know. True. We determined that. It's a thing I've tried to did not do over the years, but I am almost always the first person to laugh at my jokes. I laugh at I find it. I find it really distasteful. I don't know. I think I, everybody since thinks... I've noticed it about me, but it's like, but it is. It's a nervous defense mechanism because I'm like, oh, I that think was funny, that's right? funny. So. Don't throw me off the island, <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> I'm still on the island, right? I think I'm fucking hilarious. So have you thought? Have you I thought about it? it? Yeah, I have like a, about a 15, 20 minute. Uh, Fuck yeah! Skip put together. Uh, basically, if it, if it wasn't for vagina, <laughs> I love it. it. <laughs> I'd be gay. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I want to see it. It runs in your family. Yeah. That, so go that, that right now. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> Evening at the Improv. Go. <laughs> no. 
You ever thought about doing stand-up? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I do not like people. <laughs> I don't care what their opinion on me is. <laughs> but you can give your part. opinion on them, yeah. Yeah. You can throw down. You can write in their face if you'd like. There's a lot of comedians that... Yeah, I think well, there's... Tom Segura. I love like on hate. Yeah. The abusive comedians, you know, they're a lot of fun. You go to see that show and you're like, I feel really bad about myself, but my cheeks hurt from laughing at it. I like it. I don't know. All right. I've thought about it a lot and I thought... Uh, You've and, actually done some, haven't you? A little bit. But I've written stand-up for people and, and that kind of thing. Like, But it is less terrifying as I get older and stuff. My uh, my my buddy Jared took me to a Kill Tony show. You guys know what Kill Tony is? Huh. I didn't either. Not um, it's Brian Redband. It's one of his deals. But the premise is they uh, have people come up to do like a three-minute shot at at comedy so like they pack out the the club because of just their reputation but then people will go up and they'll like you know put everybody's name in a hat and they'll draw if you draw your name then you come up and you give your best three minutes cool and they give you like a one minute warning you know like get ready wrap it up you know and then they will roast you right after right after you're done the, the comedians up there will like roast you and then and then they'll give you some like solid advice on like yeah this part was good this part was you know maybe work on this or all of it fucking sucked <laughs> but they've actually like launched a couple of people's you know Fuck careers yeah. in comedy by like being like hey we thought you were really good we want to kind of hook you up with some some folks that's nice you know? that's so, so rare it was a really cool uh thing to go to but it was um Jared's intentions for bringing me were nefarious because he was trying to get me to go. Like, I didn't know what it was. He's like, let's go to this comedy show. And I was like, okay, fuck it, let's go. You know, and then we're there. And he's like, wait, put your name on this thing. <laughs> we're going to put in the hat. And he's like, he's like, bro, you got to go up there. And I was like, no. <laughs> Three you, minutes. You traitor. Actujer. That's nice, though. Somebody, somebody thought you'd be good at stand up. Yep. That's a nice compliment. I guess. I didn't yeah. take it as a compliment. <laughs> well, with Jared, it wasn't necessarily a compliment. Yeah. He would just see what he'd get away with sometimes. Oh, he just wanted to see you <laughs> squirm. Yeah. So He'd true. walk up and be like, are you in or are you out? So what are we doing? For yeah. what? For what? <laughs> Just are you in or are you out? Yeah, and like my important. 25th birthday weekend, we were at La Push, Washington. And he did a, are you in or are you out? And I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm in. <laughs> what did I agree to? We're going skinny dipping in the ocean. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock, dude. <laughs> <Night>. yeah. <laughs> going on a night run. <laughs> that was terrifying. But he wanted to get naked with you is, would be my first concern. Yeah. Not so much <laughs> the time of day it was. Well, that's, eh. how, that's how you have fun. That's a good time. Those are good times. <laughs> As you all know, I'm all for you know being naked. You're bare bar. I wasn't bear necessarily asking. Yeah, I've seen that image. That me. terrifies me also. Like, I'm proud of you for it, but how dare you cook bacon like that? I <laughs> no shit. Oh. Brave motherfucker. <laughs> crazy. Let's see if crazy. it can be done. I was facing my fears. You did it before. <laughs> he cooked bacon and one sausage. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he seemed pretty used to it. I think you've done that before. I think you've done it before. All right, let's move on. The next thing is one of Shaden's ideas, and it's the nature of enemies. Does that ring a bell to you? It does, yeah. So why are the media and politicians uh, okay to be our enemies? Is I, just, that... I feel like I feel like enemy is another one of those words, like we've talked about a couple of words that are like used way more lightly than they should be used, you know, like hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think uh, enemies is in that same category because I look at people and they they seem to prop up these, you know, entertainers or public figures or politicians which are I guess both of those things but mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day yeah. but they, they prop them up like this is the embodiment of my enemy like they stand for what I don't stand for so they are my enemy and it kind of 
I find it a bit cringeworthy because a real enemy, like I've, I've had a couple of interactions with other humans in my life that I would consider them to be my enemy. Yeah. And it was not, it was nothing so tame as, oh, they, they think abortion is great and I hate them for that. So they're my enemy. Like, oh, oh shit. You know, like you've clearly never had a real enemy, you know, but I think right. it's easy. It's easy for people to assign that, that, uh, label to somebody who's in the public eye because they've they've taken that step to put themselves and their views out there to some degree and so they're like oh well that's easy you know I can just declare them my enemy partially because I will most likely never fucking meet them so I won't ever have to deal with the ramifications of declaring them to be my enemy mm-hmm. you know which is part of it so I don't know I just I've, I find that whole uh, behavior kind of inane and also a bit cowardly you know because it's like if you it takes balls to declare somebody to be your enemy in my opinion yeah because it's like there's there's some shit that goes along with that like if you're my enemy the it's going to be more than just static that's between us is you know what i mean like if 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 you're my enemy i will i will seek to at the very least remove you from my life or at the most try to orchestrate your downfall to some capacity because you're my fucking enemy. <laughs> that's what an enemy is. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's conflict involved if somebody's actually your enemy. So like if the conflict is one-sided, do you really have them as an enemy or are you just being a petulant child that disagrees with somebody? And is it an enemy Good or question. somebody you just don't like? I mean, I think of when I enemy, I'm, I've had several enemies in my life. A lot of times just on a temporary basis because of the position that I had. Right. When somebody's trying to kill me, you can goddamn well right at that time, they're my enemy. Mm-hmm. And when I take them down, I will care for them and make sure they're okay to the best of my ability. Once they're no longer posing an Once they're no threat. longer a threat. But right. at that moment, they're an enemy. But it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe therefore after, since, you know, I'm not going to like you very much. But that's what constitutes more of an enemy to me. I mean, somebody that's literally trying to take your life. Right. And destroy you, and, and, which I guess well, can poli- exist in other ways, you know, financially or. or I think politics socially. are so because that's kind of the gist of it, right? But politics are so opposed to each other that I think some people see that point of view as the absolute opposite of justice, kind of thing, in their own right. moral well, priorities. That, and I mean, that kind of goes into people. We seem to be broken into classes and, and categories, whether we want to be or not. Yeah, and. If somebody thinks you're in a category for one thing, then they're going to hate you. Yeah, that. but that's ideology because I, I shouldn't know if I know something about abortion about you. I, that shouldn't tell me everything else about you unless right. you're into ideology. Uh, that's the weird thing about all this crap. But that's kind of it's like Gargamel politics. Uh, like you said, one sided where it's like, I hate them. And, and you don't even know if they hate you. You just don't care. You've just listened to a caricature of this right. group of people and basically Gargamel's coming to get your Smurf berries because they're evil and that's your politics and it's like if you think it's evil yes the world is filled with evil weird corrupt shit but it's not necessarily a bunch of people in a room smoking cigars it's it's circumstances and the nature of life and stuff it, and maybe just different moral priorities in this but instead people are using I don't know tribal think mm-hmm. to say well that's Gargamel you know Republicans are Gargamels and I don't not only should I don't agree. I don't agree with them, but I also don't think that they should talk. Or you know, Democrats and communists or whatever people want to say. Uh, I don't know. Is that somewhere along the lines where we're? Yeah, I think so. It sucks I, for I mean, discourse. More to your point, referring to somebody as your enemy 
implies that there are multiple participants to that arrangement like it's a, it's referring to a relationship you know if you're like you're my enemy then that indicates that the person on the other side of it has some some role to play in that interaction you know yeah, so like you, if you know each you, other you can't you can't have a one-sided uh r- relationship with somebody and de- really declare them to be an enemy in my opinion you know like they have to they have to have directly harmed you in some way or maybe realize that you exist or, or at least some organization that you belong to they must know that, that that exists and have declared it to be their enemy for you to be their enemy in the first place otherwise they're just very simply somebody that you disagree with or don't like very much and that's not the same thing right you know so um and as far as ideology is concerned i think that that's kind of a tricky one to unwrap because everybody if you boil it down everybody has some form of ideology you mm-hmm. know like it's i don't think it's possible to live without possessing some ideology but it's when it's when ideology becomes parlayed into groupthink and toxic tribalism to where it's like you must you must adopt this ideology because it is our ideology and anybody who doesn't fit that mold that we've cast is is therefore against us you but know, I like think that's when it comes poisonous i think that people are openly adopting that type of ideology and behavior and are it's attractive wa- isn't it yeah and and wanting to be classed into something and once they're classed into whatever category that is they tend to try to live their life to stay within that category for a comfort or a, maybe a support or not wanting to get cast out because you watch people even in you know, politics is one of the biggest uh arenas that we're talking about Mm -hmm. you know you see somebody who maybe was a democrat that now is like i'm never voting democrat again i'm voting republican well now all the people in their life cast them out literally cast them out now you know which is like religion that's why politics are like religion in that ideological sense it's one of those it's like i may believe in some of the principles of the bible but i don't believe in god Mm mm-hmm because I believe in principles of the Bible doesn't automatically make me a Christian because I don't believe in God. It doesn't make me a sadist. Right. You know? Well, it's not but, a lot, it's a lot of simple thinking going about to, these things. Sorry. Somebody's going to try to put me in some sort of category that they expect me to be in by a tiny little bit of information. As soon as I slip out of that category, they're going to have to reclass me and it may be a class that they don't like. So now they're going to have to not like me so they can still be accepted by their team. What a weird thing to be obligated to hate somebody. It's I know, strange, right? right? Hi, welcome to the club. You need to hate these people. What? Who are they? That's so bizarre. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. so bizarre to me. How many people do you think... Because if you look at the world, it seems like everybody's indoctrinated into some ideology. If you watch the news, it's just two sides fighting. But I don't see that in the normal people in my life. Just about every single person listening to this show right now that's communicated with us do not sound like ideologues at all. So that's like 80, 90% of the folk listening. I agree, but but that's because we have actual dynamic interactions with these people you know what i mean like it's when when you it's it's easy to pretend to hate somebody that you've never actually sat and tried to communicate with right you know what i mean and that's that's what i see a lot of the time when people 
are are saying I I hate this thing or I'm against this thing or this is what I stand for. They're just it, they're just playing pretend, you know. Like everybody loves to have a posse and everybody loves to, you know, pretend to play cops and robbers or pretend to you know play war games with their toy guns in the yard. But it's not fun to actually be shot at, right? You know what I mean? Like the real thing is not the same as the games that you're playing. And I feel like people get so caught up in the sauce with like, oh, <laughs> I fucking hate those people because they stand for this. And, well, no, you don't. You don't hate them. Is it lazy thinking? Are they just being? And if you do, you're kind of a fuck. Yeah, stop being like. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I mean, there are people I, in this world that, that, that I don't like for reasons, but they're not necessarily my enemy. I just don't have them in my life. Yeah. Right. To answer your question, Zach, I feel like it's it's another issue of uh, lack mm. lacking emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. You know, because like that's that's the that's kind of shit that you're supposed to grow out of playing mm-hmm. those kind of games. We hope know? that you do, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people aren't. Yeah, but that, but you should. <laughs> Just because the majority isn't doesn't mean that you it's that the majority shouldn't. <laughs> it's your responsibility to fucking figure it out, cunts. Definitely yeah. blind spots in ourselves, everybody. That's we should continuously look at and try and be as honest with ourselves as we can about well, that. What do you do if you find yourself completely opposed to an ideology and you see a person that's putting out an ideology, let's say in America, because I don't know, I guess it's so different if it's a dictator saying, oh, we're going to take all the land away from the owners and da, da, da. But in America, I mean, what is the right way to disagree with somebody that you adamantly with guns adamantly disagree with? <laughs> Fair enough. That is a traditional response for Americans. This is America. <laughs> but, I mean, how far do we go with the debate? Like, because I think a lot of people, particularly on the left, are like, what's the point of debate? In, in these ideas, these you know terrible ideas, there's no point in the debate. Well, there's no point in a debate if both parties aren't willing to engage in it openly. But then once they debate, then what? Then where do you go? We have to tolerate each other. That's the problem. We're not. <laughs> nobody's... Or, or you can part company. Like you don't have to. There's a lot of space. You're right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like you can if you disagree and you really don't want to tolerate one another. DC is pretty small though. Go go other places. I guess. I mean, <laughs> they so get out of the small. game. <laughs> right. <laughs> like well, leave. You know. Or, abandon or, ship. Or or if you if you really feel that you aren't willing to to get out of there and be away from that that person that you just can't stand, figure it out. Like you got it. You got to find a way to coexist. You know. Like, how do how do they coexist as a political entity? Where what would what would be the ideal way for you guys if we have this stupid two party system? What would it look like when they disagree? Is there a time in American history where they did it well that you guys can think of off the top of your head? They fight and we put it on pay per view. Like we, we talked about before. This. Yeah. <laughs> Politified. <laughs> I don't know. Cage, yeah. cage politics. I like. That. I think. Uh, should they hold no. hands? Should they go on retreats on weekends? Yeah, they have stuff? to make out when they're done, okay. no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> no, jokes aside, I think I think that there just has to be uh, a certain like ex- agreed upon code of conduct in those kind of situations, you know? Because like you're, They've I don't, tried I, don't I don't think you. Well, yeah, I know, and it's not always going to work. I, they, I mean, there's no system you can make that can't that doesn't allow for uh, messiness. You know, like you have to allow for the mess. You know, and you're just you're, you're trying to find the best balance of you know productivity and messiness but you have to allow for the mess if you try to erase the mess then you're just trying to build a utopian model and that's our country nature is the wild card always yeah Yeah, we can never account for the wild card but oh well well all right will's the wild card to be fair in this scenario well it's all your fault 
Okay. He knows. <laughs> he know, he, and you he can tell he accepted it completely. <laughs> this is what Canadians are for. <laughs> it's not a real country. So how do they? Anyway. How do they? Uh, how do they have uh, rational discourse in Canada? Uh, they don't answer the damn question. <laughs> that is true. I've not watched a lot that's, of news. That's up true there, here. Yeah, your politicians are pretty good at just what was that? I'm going to talk about this thing I want to talk about. But welcome to the Liberal Party of Canada. Yeah. Well, I guess that's an, a, a. I think it's a political thing. I think politicians just talk like out their ass all the time. We should probably explain to to Will what the what our reasonableist party that like what we're doing with that. We should. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to figure out if there's going. I'm, I'm an anarchist and, and a son of a bitch and probably wrong and crazy. That's but a weird ideology. To it's a, it's a very strange ideology <laughs> to not believe in everybody else's ideology. <laughs> but the idea is like, okay, if we have to have government, if we have to have force over people to cooperate in a society, what are the things that we can get rid of that are terrible, and what do we build? Like, so we start with nothing and we build on. And like, all right, what are we going to do? Is there a Department of Education? Is it da, da, da. so? We're building a party to okay. try and make it reasonable. And, you know, we're not ideologues. We want to see what works. We want to introduce as much expertise in science and mix that with wisdom and philosophy to try and come up with a somewhat of a objective moral system for politics. We also pepper in. Uh, healthy amount of dick jokes along the way there should be lots that's, of dick jokes very yeah, yeah, no, i think reasonable people <laughs> laugh at things and funny things are things like dicks dicks are hilarious <laughs> dicks especially are hilarious. shovel-shaped dicks they are hilarious <laughs> i dig them <laughs> i dig them indeed well, you gotta have the tool for the job the old shovel dick <laughs> <laughs> shovel dick in the house well we could jump right to the reasonableist party if you guys would like to that that's kind of the idea uh is to figure out how to do it better than what's being done but like we can do that but it's well, also just some jackasses trying to be like, well, what do normal jackasses want? What do we see in a political party? What I would like to see from a political party is just like a straightforward, this is the answer. No political jargle bullshit. Just mm -hmm. this is your question. Here's your answer. Let's move on with the day. Yeah. yeah. That would be reasonable. <laughs> or how about this? Here's your question. This is the most reasonable answer I can give. I might be wrong. Yes. But we're going to give this a try. Yes. If we fuck it up, we'll let you know. Right. Well, it's those experiments in society that are kind of dangerous, where it's like, I'm going to try, like politicians don't have any, re like there's no repercussions if they try these weird social experiments. They're like, we're going to see, we're going to change America and try this. And it's like, oh, you fucked up all the kids for two generations. Whoopsies. Uh, vote for me next year. <laughs> so, but it's like, yeah, that, that seems like the problem because like we, we wouldn't do that in, in medicine. We mm. don't, that's why we have clinical trials, you know, mm. like you don't just go. Well, we're going to try this and just send it to every fucking hospital. So you're saying a one-year probation for all government? <laughs> well, just like you got to have a follow-up I mean, vote. I mean, yeah, you know, that yeah. actually is not a bad I'm idea. We should try it in little places. <laughs> the spirit of that for sure. But like, you know, so if we want to implement a new policy, I mean, obviously the size of, the, you know, your demographic that is being affected by whatever change you're making makes a difference. But it's a lot of shit that you can test in in a vacuum, so to speak, you know, like, like, here's our, this is our test market for this policy that mm -hmm. we're thinking about implementing. We're going to try it for six months and take a bunch of notes and see how it is. And mm -hmm. if anything gets fucked up, we have to take responsibility and fix it <laughs> as much as we can. Right. You know, and then, uh, and, and everybody that's involved is like willingly involved, but government, <laughs> hard to orchestrate. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> you know, but, but when you have government system where it takes these people and puts them in a place where it's like, you are immune to the consequences of your ideas. These are your, this is your little project that you want to do and you can just test it. And that, that's why I think that's why I feel like a market of, ideas is better that's why government when they get involved in morality they can't do good 
yeah. for that reason. But. Well, and I, I think we've we've kind of proposed our ideal system as a large array of smaller systems. Mm-hmm. You know, allowing uh, for a decentralized. So I think so. I think that that would that problem would kind of solve itself because it would be you know this community is going to try this policy that this community thinks makes sense for this community, mm-hmm. you know, and then like other communities might see that and go model, model yeah, communities. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I was talking about that, like, yeah, competing ideologies of, or not ideologies, but maybe moral packages of a place. We were talking about that a little bit, you know, this city in Texas has this, you know, they have guns and it's totally legal and people that want to be around a place where you have legal guns, they can move there. I mean, it's oh, kind of like, like that. Like, like Chicago. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, I, they were already kind of doing I, that. I had to say that. <laughs> but as the world gets, as it gets easier to, to move, uh, as people are becoming more able to go, well, I guess we can't go country to country, but as it's easier to move, right? It's becoming easier to move. Uh, yeah. I wonder if people are going to compete. Not, they wouldn't do it naturally. It's not like there would be like a central plan thing. Like the city of New York is going to be, we're going to go pro gun and we're going to, we want all the gun lovers to come to New York. Sorry about the last hundred years. But well, I'm naturally, though, that mostly what happens just with uh, some of the law changes in some of the states with abortion. Right. Yeah. Well, we're I seeing it because we'll- a lot of people don't want to live around people that they disagree with. It's kind of back to that other point. We're seeing more and more people move away from neighbors that think differently than them. I wonder if it'll get to be the point. And I wonder if it already is. I mean, we have blue states and we have blue cities and we have red states and all that stuff. Yeah. But I wonder if. I wonder what the most important thing is. Essentially, we're going to be segregating ourselves by by moral by ideology. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I wonder what the biggest priorities would be to people. You know, I mean, the thing that would make you move that too, because it seems like it seems like these big divisive issues can't possibly be the biggest thing that people give a shit about in their individual lives. You know, like whether or not somebody else gets an abortion, whether or not whether or not uh, you know somebody's allowed to have a certain type of gun or not. Like that can't possibly be be the thing that matters the most to most I don't people think so. you know like it's just the thing that gets whipped up into the biggest friends yeah. well particularly we're i mean people are indecisive over forced ideologies i mean they're being told what to think yeah so yeah well we're not when being presented good information it's, either. it's hard man like get it takes it takes a concerted uh effort to develop your own opinions on shit you know it like does it's, it's way easier just to let somebody go you should think this, and this is why, and I said so. And they're like, okay. Like, People I'm, have a I'm hard- tired from working three fucking jobs to afford my rent, so I guess that's what I think. There's that, and you there's know. also like what people do in their spare time. I wonder if, I mean, if you're binge-watching a, a show, you're getting whatever information historically or whatever comes from that show. If your life is constant entertainment, yeah, which dude. I'd say a lot of people are. history comes from Lord of the Rings. Maybe. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, people... I read a lot more when I was younger because I didn't have on-demand entertainment in my hands all the time, I think. I wonder if people are spending less time uh, engaging in these kind of philosophical arguments and the concepts behind all this stuff because they don't, they're not using a big percentage of their time like they would have in the past. I don't know. And I don't I know how school... say they aren't using a big percentage of their brain. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm well, sure they're using all the brain that they can. Another yeah. part of this, too, is it's really hard for people... T- to say I don't know yeah. like what's your opinion on whatever I, I don't know I don't know enough about it to yeah. have an opinion and it's not their f- fault for feeling bad about saying I don't know because the other people will attack them for not knowing right like this should be important to you because it's important to me and because it's not important to you now I don't want you in my life 
right? Yeah, it makes no sense. But where is this moral superior? Where did this come from anyway? Where people just seem to know? It's like this Twitter mob knows what morality yeah, I is. I don't know. And what's funny is I used to get wrapped up in some of the shit on the Facebooks and stuff. Yeah. Mostly because I was bored and wanted something to do. Right. So I would fucking argue with people <laughs> knowing it was going to go nowhere. You argued with people for a living. It was your skill. It, yeah, yeah, it was. It was your marketable skill. You were, skill. You were practicing more stuff. So like, it doesn't do translate more. the same in text <laughs> nearly True. as well. Most things don't. And, and I would still run into the same problems. I would ask questions and they would not answer the question. They would random, you know, they, the same shit. Yeah. But anyway, like, why am I doing this? Other than it was entertainment and then it got to be a lifestyle. Like, I don't, I don't fucking certain, want to do this. At a certain point, it, it, becomes a, it just becomes people seeking the argument. They don't actually want to seek any new information oh, or insight. They just want to seek the argument, you know? And that's, that's, and that's fine go argue with somebody but don't let that become the basis of foundation for all your communication with anybody who's not your best buddy you know like that's just you're not doing anybody any favors right <laughs> I, I think <laughs> least of goal, all yourself i think yeah. my goal was to actually have an opposing conversation that didn't turn into the the, the name calling the the, the the typical attacks and the venue against you chose me was Facebook. Started with, yeah, I just wanted Oops, to see if, you know me, my challenges and trying to help people in their life and stuff like that. So I like take, you know the the. You went to the biggest shit trough. odds against me, and then I'm like, I'm gonna make that work. I'm gonna find it's the clean piece of thing in the shit trough. So same deal, same deal. Yeah. So I talked over you in there. No one's gonna know what you said because I was. <laughs> Somebody's at the door. Zach started barking. <laughs> we got to pass the conch around. <laughs> what, what did you say anyway? I don't even know. It was so long <laughs> it was ago. Literally just, just, just super It's actually super. Nah, 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 it was, it, sometimes that's usually how it sounds. Sometimes, sometimes Zach sounds. shits out of his ass. Other times it comes out. It comes of out of my face. face. <laughs> <laughs> comes out of my pie hole. Fuck yeah. All right. Well, let's move on, you sons of bitches. This Ooh. is another one. Uh, wait, one thing I wait. wanted to add before we move on from that. I thought. Well, about that's awkward. It. Fine. I know. Sorry. I'm just going to derail everything <laughs> and talk over you. Uh, bah, bah, bah. How it would be really interesting to see, and I'm taking this back a little ways. I apologize, but it would be really interesting to see the the fluidity of borders. If if we had like a small like like communities sort of governing themselves with like very small bare bones systems to connect them all together, like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we already see states that are like, you know, like our, our state in Washington, the east side's like, get the fuck, we want to be Idaho, right. you know, like yeah. a lot of us, you know, and and the west side is the side that runs the state because they have the population. And all the know, money. Yeah. And all the money, yeah. uh, which the two tend to go hand in hand. Um, have you guys ever looked at the proposal for liberty? Yeah. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't. I, I, I've I don't never know actually looked at it. Is that the one I've where read about it's it, yeah. like part of Washington, Idaho, part of Oregon, and I California so. too? I, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, California's in that too. So I think so. I, I It'd be interesting. So. But like, so if if there wasn't any federal government to be like, no, you guys get your states, you can't do that. You know, if they mm-hmm. if there was just like communities that it would could sign a treaty and be like yep we're, this is now you're part of this community and then like just how the borders would fluidly change I imagine mm-hmm. it would happen probably a lot I bet <laughs> I, I wonder if all many, private hands we'd go back to little tribal wars and stuff well that's what I, don't I mean know if we'd do like, wars but like, there would be no way know. to draw like, a map I feel like, I feel like people yeah map makers would <laughs> be like fucking again it's Tuesday <laughs> we're, we're creating jobs <laughs> exactly and frustrated the cartography market is booming <laughs> <laughs> they're literally drawing erasing it as it's changing like, but I imagine out. I I mean, just owing to human nature, people would probably be doing uh, like land grabs and shit with their community, you know, because like they're going to th- obviously they're going to think, oh, my community is the best. You know, my sports team's the best. Everybody should like my sports team. Like, I wonder if you'd end up with a 
a similar problem down the road where it's just like oh this community ended up with all the all the power for one reason or another and so now they're kind of fucking shit up like i wonder if that would happen i think so i mean humans are weird yeah. and so you know <laughs> i think know. We, we set up government to kind of give us a, a way to try and protect ourselves but it ended up guaranteeing us that people would abuse power that's like what government guarantees is that there's some people that are going to do crimes in the name of the law uh whether or not we'd have that i don't know i feel like again it would be most people want to live a decent life i don't think we'd have warlord tribes because we have resources and we have systems in place that bring us the resources without any problems and then Setting, you remember that genghis khan existed so. i know but there weren't <laughs> but the resources at the time to get resources it was so much more difficult you know to be wealthy at the time you know you're taking over one place to get a one farm or, or you know one city or whatever now we have it where we have corporations that are have the you know they have profits that are the size of small countries and stuff so and they have different spots all over the place so to shut down Genghis Khan to I don't know the way to get resources is so much different now and we we know the standard of life like we wouldn't go back we wouldn't want to just be like hey I want to steal from that guy and steal from that guy I think we'd want to continue to uh, cooperate uh, yeah, with each other. Would, yeah, it would be in the best interest. Like Walmart obviously. wouldn't go out of business if, if government went away. Walmart would continue to operate the way that they do and maybe even a little different. No. Yeah, there, what you're saying is there's the other side. It's in the best interest for all the communities to cooperate with each other mm -hmm. to keep the resources available. 100%. Which, that, I mean, the government doesn't make it so that the supply chain works. In fact, they get in the way a lot of times. It's the of human the chain. aspect where you get the greedy fucks who are like, eh, I think we're going to, you know, take that state over now too we're gonna we right. want that we need more land we got more people than they do so we're just gonna invade them and take them out it could happen but that's so much that's so, could yeah it could happen but i mean uh, the thing that we're doing is we're, we're justifying having a government which is guaranteed to do bad things it's guaranteed to filter your morality through an immoral structure and it's like is it is it worth it like again we're guaranteed shit we're not guaranteed that if we let people up to their own devices to cooperate we're not guaranteed that they're going to eat each other because most of the time people cooperate with each other fucking stellar. I mean, we're masters at it. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. That's why we have satellites in space and that's why we have plastics that turn into fucking things we can play with and whatever. So, You talking about flashlights again? Back to the flashlights. <laughs> Back to that <laughs> little, we also, little mini. But we also are able to do a lot of those things and continue to do business with countries that we've had wars with. So. Yeah, but who's creating the wars? It's not private citizens. No, it's government. We all know yeah. that. Yeah. It's yeah. Jeff, so, mostly. It's me. It's my fault. I wonder, I mean, I you guarantee if we got rid of governments, the size of wars would, I mean, and the size of wars have kind of drastically decreased over the last many years because resources are more available to more people. But, I mean, the kind of wars that you'd have if it was a free-for-all in the states would be very small i mean at the at the very least uh you couldn't yeah, mobilize probably smaller than most of the riots we had a couple years ago so right right it's reasonable so you couldn't yeah. mobilize a whole country i'm okay with that <laughs> it would be very yeah. difficult what would small what would small tribalistic wars look like with modern technology very quick, quick. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> just fucking it's precise explode you know here's a blow up and a fucking sniper it would, it would shot look like a very quick shooting cops episode <laughs> no, no no thanks i know that there's an answer and maybe over the years if we continue to you know bang on this horse i guess until it's while it's still alive we can figure out uh i really really want to discuss the legal system of, a, of a, what a society without government looks like and 
Yeah, I, I want to get into that. I want to get into currency. Yeah, I want to get into. I want to go back. What to the skins. actual transition <laughs> yeah. would look like? You yeah. know what I mean? Like it would have to be like. Would it just be a overnight thing? Would it be a long term thing? How would it look in either scenario? What right. happens to all the shit that gets caught in the drift of that? Like I want to fucking dig. Let's into play it shit, out. Yeah, you know? exactly. Over time, I hopefully we'll be able to do that, and I'll, I'll bring you guys some stuff in the future about. I, I just see everybody an dying in all those scenarios. Is that bad? What's everybody, that? everybody just everybody dies. Well. <laughs> it always ends with a fucking apocalypse, man. Shit, Jeff just wants nothing. the apocalypse. That's really what. <laughs> there is, there is a little bit of me that does. There's a I little agree. bit of a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. That, that, like Same like geez. down deep. Like, do I really want to deal with the inconvenience of it? And most days, no. But like some days. Fuck yeah, let's go. Like, let's bring on the nukes. Let's bring on the zombies, baby. Right. If I didn't like <laughs> heat and hot water so much, living out in the woods would be so much easier. Right. <laughs> it's a trade off. There's always trade offs. I, I mean, I central like heating and central air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you could have, if you could have a steam deck out in the woods and just charge it off of a fucking sunbeam, you'd be fine, dude. You'd be fine. All right, let's switch it up. Let's move along. Uh, okay. This this next thing we're going to talk about is we kind of touched on it before but it's the never stop chasing culture i guess that's the chasing culture and i guess we all have something on this but jeff you're, you're the one that brought this one up this time yeah and it's Hustle. this all started really because of a meme actually that i ended up sharing and the meme said the meme says beware of destination addiction the idea that happiness is the is the next place the next job or even with the next partner until you give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else it will never be where you are. Yeah. And that was, that really made me, it's a stupid meme made me think about my life. It's like, I that like is what that. I have done. What I was taught to do just as a man is just work, work, keep working, get to that next step. You got to get through school, which I didn't. And I did everything wrong. You know, <laughs> graduate. Well, I got a good enough diploma. Go to college. Well, one semester. You did your, good. your By the way, right got there. some got some kids going, you know. Right. <laughs> got, some, got some babies, you know, dropping out of school, things like that. Um, I did everything wrong, but still. But, but you followed prob- a path eventually. Probably had to work a, a hell of a lot harder. But yeah. the point is, I recognized that it was, you know, start a career, get to the end of the career, keep reaching for these goals, which was great. And I really did realize there's a lot of my life probably that I just dedicated to work and doing things where I probably should have stopped and taken a minute to figure out where I was at and Mm -hmm. maybe enjoyed it a little bit. But it's definitely something that I think everybody should strive for. Keep pushing. I mean, I have tons of goals that I want to reach and a lot of things that I want to do. But it's trying to live in in the moment, which I don't know how to do, but I'm I'm, uh, certainly trying. But... uh, Hobbies sometimes help. Yeah, having a lot of having a lot of shit. To do, do shit with your hands and stuff. Yeah, got to be in the moment. Yeah, but yeah, like, so I like I'm, jerking off. Jerking off yeah. is absolutely in the moment. So I mean, be I'm in the speaking moment, for me to because I would understand that other people are probably feel this way. But when uh, when you're moving forward and working on things, you're always once you get it accomplished, you're always going for that next thing mm-hmm. just take time to enjoy your accomplishment smell the fucking roses sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. And, and learning how to do that I don't know but I heard something about if you live in the past you're angry you live in the future you're scared mm-hmm. but if you can live in the present is when you're at peace that's what I think everybody's trying to figure out in life perhaps yeah you know, some people I, do it better than others for sure right. there's, there's a lot of facets to that because there's 
there's something to be said for being able to fall in love with the the journey from here to wherever you're trying to get to, which, which we kind of have touched on before. You which know? Was, so has nice. been my addiction, for sure. Right, and I think that some of that is is kind of a learned um, behavior, um, but some people are just wired that way. I think some people are just like no matter how enjoyable parts of the journey are they're never going to be able to take as as much enjoyment in it as feeling like they actually reached a goal you know like people that feel like they i gotta check shit off of a list you know like i'm not really one of those people i kind of the journey is my thing you know so i'm and that's not to say that i'm just happy all the time because i'm like oh i'm on the journey so i love it hardly happy most of the time but 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 i do i find a lot of value in the journey but I think uh, that's only one facet of what you're what you're saying, or at least what I'm hearing from what you're saying, Jeff. Because it's also there's an element of don't get so bogged down in 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 the gutting it out to get to the payoff that you never get to actually experience the payoff, right? Like like people that work for an entire career and then retire and then they die a year later and they don't right. get to do any of the shit that they wanted to do. You Definitely. know, it's like oh maybe you should have done some of the shit you wanted to do while you were still in the you know in the middle of your life or even like for me just with my career i mean i always joke about man 27 years in the world is a lot worse now than it was when i started i didn't even make a fucking dent right (laughs) obviously i'm being there's some truth to that actually in 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 that feeling but so in conversations uh with polly talking about a lot of this you know she really made me realize that throughout my career i did get an opportunity to help a lot of people but i was pushing so hard in my career and working so many hours and just next call, next call, next call that I never took time then to appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it would have made my career a little bit more enjoyable instead of just, you know, constantly just feeling like you're the biggest piece of shit on earth and everybody hates you. You know, you miss out on reflection a little bit when you're just going, 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 going on what you accomplished, right? Yeah. Which is reflection is important part of, growing up yeah and there's some it's good and it's bad and understanding you know yeah like when you're you know you go to a particular call that's bad you don't really have time to think about it because you're off to the next one when that one's done and you know you've gone to six other calls by the end of the night right so then it's just paperwork and and you're done with it you can put it away well that's not somewhere inside of you inside of you somewhere it's not just paperwork it's something that you need to deal with yeah 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 it's terrifying or something well, yeah. there's a and it's it is tough because there's certain things that you engage in um your job is probably one of the paramount examples of this where you have to for your own the sake of your own preservation you have to maintain a certain level of detachment from you know like you're not allowed to you don't allow yourself to feel it anything too deeply while you're on the job especially because it's like you can't get bogged down in that you know like i, I can't imagine you could afford to care deeply about everything yeah, that you've kinda, gotten involved with over the years. You, you know? can't. And, and I kind of describe that as, I, I, I kind of joke about it saying I, I can compartmentalize like a serial killer. But I think that that's actually true. That's what happens. Yeah. But uh, and, and what I'm learning now is I'll, as I'm out of it and away from it, well, it's all kind of coming together. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's valuable too, but I'm sure it's probably fucking difficult to kind of sift through that shit now that it's a little more quiet. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is okay, I finished that part of my life. Now, now I'm going to start this whole new life. Just what direction am I going to go? Because mm-hmm. now that I'm older, I just feel like it, my time is, is running a little bit short. What advice would you give yourself 
if you weren't you, if you were looking at your life, you know, as a police officer and what, what you're saying, what advice would you give to yourself Oh, to get through this? Keep busy. <laughs> That's the thing is keep busy. Yeah, yeah. Keep doing things. <laughs> Do exactly the opposite of what I'm saying because now I have all this time and it, it's good, but you know, now I want to move on and, and do more things. But this next time I want to be able to continue to work hard and go in a direction, but enjoy it more. Yeah. It's interesting, dude, listening to you talk about this. How much do you know about tarot cards? Nothing. Weird segue, I know, but bear with me. <laughs> so there's uh, tarot cards are supposed to be like, especially the major cards, like not the small numbered cards, but the actual, they call it the major arcana. Are supposed to be emblematic of like the archetypal journey through life and um, one of my favorite cards because I just love this symbolism whether you believe there's anything mystic in, involved with them or not it's a science of human observation over a long time and one of my favorite cards is the hanged man and that seems like exactly where you're fucking at right now and says the hanged man is this dude who's been strung upside down by one foot and he's hanging there but he's at peace like his face seems very calm about the whole thing which seems antithetical like you'd be like dude you're upside down and somebody strung you up like you should be stressed out trying to get out of there doing something but the whole meaning behind the hanged man is you'll find yourself at a period at you know usually multiple times in your life but sometimes for a big period in your life where you're being forced to be still and it's going to be very uncomfortable and it's not going to feel normal but the the value in it is learning to find peace in the stillness before you move on to the next thing so it's like if you're constantly rushing you know keep doing things keep doing things because the quiet gets too loud when you sit still maybe sitting still is the thing that you need to do the most we're going to learn all these lessons and it's going to build up and build up and we're going to have one day at the end of our lives like when we're 95 years old sitting under a tree where it's like yeah, if that all it all came together, <laughs> fucking, I had a one wise moment, and then you croak, and it's like, well, that was was that worth it? One moment, you get jerked off and had as much to show for it. Fuck. Glad we made it. <laughs> now I plan to spend the rest of my life between now and when I die, just in that state of constant mild confusion where I just want a beer. <laughs> Speaking of shit, not a single drop of shit. I stole that from a TikTok video, but I thought it was funny. That's awesome. So smell the roses is the general thesis of what we were talking about previously. Yeah. can take your time to, yeah. sit, to take the time. I mean, and Even my, if you're a hustler. My, my perspective is I've already finished. I, I just finished one life, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I get to start a whole new life. I get the opportunity to do it different. And you get to enjoy it more. You're yeah. going to enjoy it more. Way more. Yeah. Way more. And that's your perspective. And so you're that, being forced to take a deep breath before the plunge, which is going to be good for you, even though it's uncomfortable right now. So what advice would you give to, say, a 25-year-old that's like, I know if I want to get what I want in life, I have to fucking hustle, and I'm willing to sacrifice, I'm willing to do all the things I need to do. Uh, Like, what do you tell them? Like, are you going to get your personal growth if you just hustle, 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 or do you need to take some time to smell the roses? Well, I think the answer is yes. You know, I think you do have to, you know, him hustling or her hustling is the right thing to do Mm -hmm. at 25. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can still stop and, and, and it is, get good know, at being lazy too. Yeah, and I mean I'm all good for you know people sacrificing and really it's investing in yourself yeah. you know. but just like anything else you can do it 
too much. Well, okay, check this out. Like, so say somebody has spent 40 years playing on tour, they're a rock star or some shit, and it's like you look at their life and you're like, that's a fucking, what a life. We all want that life. That guy hustled and he worked hard and stuff. But then 40 years of the same thing over and over again, doing the same kind of music, doing the same songs to similar fans all the time. Is that bad for you? Like, is life better if you do something for five, ten years and then you try something else for five, ten years? And I mean, you see what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, is, well, is it know, really a successful life to I think what you're talking about do the same it. thing over and over again, even if it's a high level? It's a generational thing. I mean, I was taught you find something to do and that's what you do for your life. Right. I, I don't know if you were, I'd, and I certainly know you weren't taught that in your generation. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I mean, I was I was taught the whole, you know, don't be a jack of all trades kind of a mentality, which is really hilarious, because if you look at the rest of that quote, it's that's not even the message. Of no, that. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, it's kind of the whole quote is in favor of being a jack of all trades. But to be honest, that's what a libertarian, uh, the libertarian philosophers that kind of came up with libertarianism, that that's one of the things they said to the young people was like, learn a little bit about everything about everything you should know how to weld you should know how to set a bone you should know how to talk politics and you should know how to talk about you know pop culture yeah. and it's interesting kind I, of would, idea. I mean again it's it's what do you want out of life i mean i was taught to work for security right mm -hmm. um which i agree with and i believe in but some people aren't aren't even taught that they just want all the different experiences and that's not wrong either no, yeah. it's, it depends on what the individual wants. Wealthy, I, I, wealthy what, countries can think like that. What They're I would recommend to anybody like is find something and do it yourself. Yeah, take the risk of succeeding or failing on your own. Yeah, I think there's value to both sides of the equation. You know, like there's something to be said for being becoming like putting in the work to become truly masterful at at something, or, or at least you know masterful to the point that people want to sustain your lifestyle just to, so just by seeing you do the thing that you do because they're like wow that's wild there's there's pros and cons to that just like there are pros and cons to the other side but i don't think that it's necessarily a wrong approach it really just comes down to the person in their journey i'm not sure that there's a yeah. definitive wrong answer at least not between those two you know in, cool. in that little dichotomy but um I, I tend to lean towards, you know, and this will shock everyone who's listened to me talk on this podcast before, but I tend to lean towards trying to seek balance between the two. Like you can, you can seek a level of mastery at something that really matters to you, but I don't know that it's wise to do that to the detriment of becoming well-rounded in, in other arenas. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you can, you can be a masterful guitar player maybe not the master but you can be you can achieve a level of mastery and still know how to change your oil and set a bone mm -hmm. and, you know like yeah. you, you don't don't cheat yourself out of stuff just because you feel like you need to pigeonhole for your the sake of your security or your image or whatever the thing especially if you, you fall into something that you, you just find yourself good at when you're young and it's like maybe i don't really like it that much and you just end up doing it for years and years and years it's like there's so many different things to do and, and the more you get out of a box anyway the more you learn so i don't know i just heard somebody talking about that before and it's like well because I guess the goal of a musician is to, you know, to make it would be to be on tour for the rest of your life and make records and stuff. And it's like, well, the journey that I want to be on is one of, uh, you know, I don't want to be comfortable in something. I, I want to get good enough at something so that I, you know, I can make some money and I can, it feels good. And there is some level of mastery, but it's like, I don't know. I want to, 
experience as many things. As, as I get older, it's like the wisdom in life comes from listening to people that you wouldn't even think of to, to know existed kind of thing. People that yeah. are completely opposite of you or people that are off of your radar. Think, so I don't know. I think making it heavy air quotes here in whatever the field is, is very simply getting to a point where that thing uh, perpetuates your, your doing of that thing. Like if it's the thing that you're passionate about yeah. and it, and it be, you get to a point where it sustains you enough to keep doing it however you want, that's, then you made it. Yeah. Everything else after that is gravy. That's, that's where you get to really flourish and do, do whatever you want to do with it. But like you, if you can get it to the point where it's like, Oh, I can do this thing and I will be able to survive just by doing this thing or things related to this thing. And that's, you fucking made it as far yeah. as I'm concerned. And that's really where I'm hoping that I'm at now. I mean, yeah, I, I chose to be a public servant and I'm glad that I did. I enjoyed it, but now I enjoyed I have, you serving me too, <laughs> <laughs> but now I have the opportunity to do something on my own, um, or, or several somethings on my own. And I do have a little bit of security to do that. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, so I feel fortunate for that. Yeah. And you yeah. fucking earned it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> hey, did. hard earned, very hard earned. Well, fuck. Smell the roses, motherfuckers. Uh, why don't we move on to the reasonableness party? We wanted to talk about uh, some of the Discord chats that were going on around our Back lives. Back to the reasonableness party. Yeah, I guess we, yeah, we've <laughs> talked about it once. It's a reasonableness party heavy episode. I, I'm kind of a fan. It's, we're getting into November soon, so fucking, we're going to have to ramp it up. are coming up. I, I want to see at least <laughs> one candidate in. written in for the reasonableness party. Well, we want to kind of continue with the gun discussion because there was some really respectable you guys were the ones who got to investigate i haven't got to investigate uh some good discussions in the discord yeah around. i didn't i didn't really participate in any of it but because I, I was just been going like a madman but um the uh some of the stuff that i peeked in on on the discord about people just talking about um stuff related to you know having armed guards in schools or you know just mm -hmm. guns in in general or um even even talking about uh you know the um merits or otherwise of not being alone in a room with a woman if you're married or in a relationship like there was just a bunch of discord discourse on the discord nice <laughs> fucking perfect and it was it was just i just wanted to fucking give general kudos to you guys that were out there doing that because not once did i see somebody get shitty with somebody over yeah. it. and that's like stuff that people that's like famously get shitty with your friends kind of material you know and like I, feel, I didn't i didn't see one person go on there and be like oh fuck you bro or, oh you're fucking dumb you obviously don't understand it's like it was right. just I, and i saw some people that had differing opinions but it was just like well they, you just fucking talked about it and that was in I a group were, forum that's fucking reasonable awesome. yeah, fucking shaden awesome. was like it was reasonable it was very reasonable and that seems like the goal here it made me it made me it made me it restored just a little bit of uh, faith in humanity which is awesome because i think humanity's fucking garbage as a general rule so <laughs> and i think humanity should have guns and vending machines so i think it'll sort itself out guns and drugs it'll sort itself out in the same vending machine. why not you get a little pack you get a complimentary drug with your gun purchase that's right it's like a pack it's like one of those little you get a gun with some crack or this Kinder gun surprise <laughs> this gun just has two little bottles of booze holy it's shit like, i got a gatling gun and heroin <laughs> Fuck <Surprise>. yeah <laughs> it's gonna so, be a good friday <laughs> it's a toy inside <laughs> Uh, but I'm not even sure where we want to go with the gun stuff. Um, what we were talking about earlier before we were doing the podcast was just in the reasonableness party, how did you go about getting a gun? 
Yeah, or what, what, if any, regulations would be imposed on the having of said gun. Right. Because one argument, on. one argument that you'll hear in this country is that any law, any gun law goes against the Second Amendment. Hmm. Is that reasonable? I don't know. And then, of course, then when you look at it, there's thousands of laws yeah. that have not done a lot of things to, to get rid of some of the stuff that we're trying to get rid of. So we're, where are we at with that kind of thing? Uh, let's take out the laws, but let's just, how do you go and get a gun? So in the reasonablest party. I, my proposal would be I, I even so in this state. And I think, I think every state now, but I could be wrong. If you want to hunt, you have to go to a hunter safety course mm-hmm. uh, before you can get a hunter, a hunting license. You only That's have to, to go do once. something with your gun though. You can have the gun, but you have to go do something, but I get it. Yeah. Right. 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 But still, I mean, if you buy a gun, you have to assume you might have to use it. Right. Well, on an animal, I don't know. But. I'm just saying in general. Right. Get a license to shoot people. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm, yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. I have a if whole... in your house... I can go off on that. I actually <laughs> do have a whole thing for that. I'm but. curious. I don't, I don't, hopefully my brain's revved up for this kind of conversation. We'll see. <laughs> we don't have to I'm trying them. to follow. I've smoked a lot of weed today. Reasonable anyway, no. parties pro-weed. I think it's, it's a very really pro-weed. good idea to treat guns like tools, because that's what they are. Tools like hammers or tools like a bobcat? Tools like a bobcat or a crane or something. A a, a tool that you would need training on before you can carry one. So that's pretty anti-Second Amendment, right? I suppose. The Second Amendment's like... But we're being reasonable, right? I don't... We're just talking about reasonable stuff. Whether anybody agrees with me or not, I don't give a fuck. For sure. I want to hear all of your opinion. I think that there should be... uh, was he trying to bite me? He tried to bite me, didn't he? I think he, he did. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that there should be uh, education and proficiency testing that you have to pass before doing that, before you can carry a gun and or purchase. What would you firearm. need to know to have a gun in your world? Safety laws are, you know, the, the big thing. Don't point keep- end here. Safety goes on here. Yeah, you, you, your basic safety rules. Uh how to carry one how to how to how do you work your gun how to take it apart how to clean it how to put it back together how to handle all your malfunctions of the gun that you carry well how long do you think a program like that would take and then how often would you, you have to refresh that, you could do that in probably a 40 to 80 hour class depending on you know I, that would be good. probably a two-week class which i think would be actually pretty reasonable that would deter a lot of people from getting would, guns, probably. Yeah. And then how often would you it, have it to re It might deter people from guns, but if you really want one and you'd be willing to go to the class. Right. Well, but then... But why but is... Hold on a sec. But okay. there's no, no more concealed weapon permits. If you have a license to carry a gun, you can carry a gun. You can carry as many guns on. You can carry them concealed. You can carry them non-concealed. I don't give a shit. You've proven that you are a responsible person. You know how to carry the gun. You know how to shoot it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, I would say, I mean, the argument from the libertarian side is that the fundamental reason of having guns has nothing to do with hunting or even protecting yourself in the, the personal sense, uh, that it has to do with usurpatious tyrannies and whatever. Uh, and that is a legit thing, I think. I mean, it just really is. So I wonder, because if the government is deciding who gets the guns, because that's who would, would end up deciding, like, whether you passed the test but or they're not. Al- but they're al- already deciding what guns you can have, how much ammo you sure. can have, who Is can that have right? the guns and who can't have the guns already. Uh, well, so I, let's say... We're starting from scratch, though, right? So right. we can decide all of that stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're so starting from scratch, in. then the Constitution doesn't matter. Does Fair. It? 
<laughs> well, okay, let's start from scratch. Does that principle matter? Should the the people, if if the idea of government is to give people the most freedom, should the people have the ability to dismantle the government with force if they feel it's necessary? I think I, I think it's a good idea. Personally, I do, it seems yeah. like it. Yeah, I mean, governments are evil. I don't, and I so just, it's I nice mean, to give more, people some more protection. to the point. Whether government is involved with it or not, I think it should. I think people should have a right to have weapons period you yeah. know what i mean like if it, if a weapon exists then the capacity for someone to use it against you also exists so it should be your right to choose whether or not you want to equip yourself to be able to deal with that should that eventuality come to pass for whatever reason if it needs to be overthrowing somebody who's doing dictatorial things if it needs to be defending you know your yourself and the people that you love i mean and there's a, there's all kinds of sticky shit and nuance that gets involved with that and i mean we'd have to hash that shit out but at the end of the day so what about i think this? i think if a weapon exists you should be allowed to have it if you can procure it and so what about <laughs> this you know my idea that for would go with the- if you want to actually carry the gun say that again if you actually want to carry the gun in society in society does that do it i agree with you i just uh, i don't that know fundamental about, principle i, has I just want to educate i want to see people get incentivized for continuing education on yeah. gun safety I'm and just trying to think about the logistics of that because like so if you do it at the, at the point of purchase like it's like part of me is like yeah if you want to go out and buy a gun you should be allowed to go out and buy a gun okay that's easy to say but if you want and I, and I also agree with what you're saying in principle Jeff where it's like I think that if you're going to be allowed to have this tool and potentially be in a position to use it, you should at least prove a basic working knowledge of yeah. being able to use it. We do that for cars. Yeah, I agree <laughs> you know with you I mean? too, Jeff. I'm so, not disagreeing but, with you. But how do you do that? But like, I, I do understand. You but know, if the, you don't do that at the point when somebody buys a gun, how the fuck do you keep track of that and enforce that? Well, what if you know, we? What well, if there and, are and gun laws in this state it? that they absolutely cannot track? Right. Well, I got one so, thing that we can do right now is as just the people as friends. Like, if you own a gun. You should know how to use it, and you should feel embarrassed that you don't know how to use it. Like, I own a gun, and I fucking suck with it, and I should be embarrassed, and I should be made fun of by my friends until I go and, and figure it out, right? It should be a responsibility. And we should it go should shooting. should be a responsibility of somebody, but so is taking <laughs> You're lame, Zach. I'm a Learn how to but shoot your gun. I should, right? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll practice on you, motherfucker. But, uh, <laughs> See, that's but why, why we don't make fun of people with guns. You've <laughs> answered your own question. But I'm actually not gonna. I promise I won't. I mean, maybe. You get a little cunty sometimes. I might. And I get pretty, I, get I, I get even pretty hangry. Ketchup chips from Canada. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> but I wonder. I don't know. Uh, can't we just pressure each other in in a societal way? We're just kind of like we don't. There's a lot of unwritten rules that people in society do because it's like yeah, you don't want to be shamed. Lazy. We, people we try are to pressure. lazy though. You're right. People put. Uh, we're up trying to manufacture. Being made fun of because they just don't care enough to fix it. They're like, whatever. Make fun of me. I don't care. Look at True. all the pressures <laughs> on on convicted felons to not carry guns, but it doesn't seem to stop them true well they have different goals in mind it's like well it's easier to get that shit i want if i had point this gun at that person at the same time if you want to look at the numbers too like if you're going statistically proving your proficiency with a firearm i'm not sure how much that's going to change dick you know what i mean because like that's that's really like i just want you know that have guns that might protect me to be able to hit their target that's really what i care about yeah i'm i i I hear you i feel like you're teaching all the bad people how to be better at gun stuff <laughs> bad you know what people I mean? are f- like probably the, not gonna well i mean they're bad people they're gonna have to be felons i guess but well, right if they're if they're premeditating murder they're gonna they're gonna 
you know, practice probably. Most like of gonna, our problems they're gonna are already from stolen guns. Know, Maybe. <laughs> There's not a lot but, of places to practice in cities, though. I mean, where are you going to go? There's not a lot of gun ranges. There's some, but yeah, I guess it depends on the city. I think Good luck in New York. Blocks and cities that are gun ranges. See, we're creating, <laughs> we're creating jobs, <laughs> not officially, but yes, <laughs> technically, absolutely. Right. So, but I mean, so looking at the numbers, I think I looked at it, and I'm probably going to misquote it, but it was a very, very small percentage of gun deaths every year that is like accident, like mishandling a gun. You know what I mean? So, like, if it's just teaching people how to do that so they don't hurt themselves or other people, Honestly, that's like th- that's I think like the most is suicide. It is yeah. by far suicide. The most is twenty thousand or so. It's, it's, uh, I don't think it's by far. I think it's like 46% is murder and 50-something percent is suicide and it's like 3% is a- like other accidents. The, the number I saw was 20,000 or so, big round number, so that you can always question that, but mm-hmm. 20,000 suicides and about 8,000 uh, murders, homicides. And in that homicide number was all sorts of stuff, including police officers protecting, you know, those kind of things. So, right, yeah. yeah. So lots of gun deaths, but... So I guess I'm trying to think because, like, on principle, I'm like, yeah, you should know how to operate a gun if you have a gun. But I'm like, what is what is that really accomplishing at the end of the day? You know, like, the fa- just knowing how to work a gun doesn't mean you're going to be a good marksman, right? The you background know? checks seem like the most important thing to me, and I think everyone on both sides is happy with that. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, totally the NRA like, NRA you, invented you background checks. We should probably checks, know so if you've murdered people before we sell you a gun. I think that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think your mental <laughs> health should. <laughs> Yeah, there's I red think flags so. in there. <laughs> and we should know the context of, of said murders, too. Like, I think so. I think so. <laughs> you know? So the thing I was curious about, actually, going with your storyline there, um, if everybody and you arm the populace with guns, and they're all walking out and doing their day-to-day lives, now everyone's at the mall, let's say, mm-hmm. felons already find their way to guns, whether they follow the system or not. So buddy's got a gun, shoots someone. Nobody knows where the gunshot came from and everyone has guns. What stops mass hysteria and everyone's starting to shoot everyone? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that'd be the best Quentin Tarantino (laughs) ever. I'd watch it. Well, (laughs) there's no answer to that. I don't know. It'd be awesome to watch. Now I want it to happen. Great. Great. Now I want to be there for that. That would be really interesting because if everybody's knee-jerk response to hearing a gunshot is to pull, was out, to pull out a gun and start shooting and yeah, not know what they're shooting at, then they didn't learn well, I mean, shit in the class. But that never, well, does that well, ever not happen? to start shooting, but if everybody's holding a gun, it makes it makes identifying the shooter quite a bit more fucking difficult. Oh, right? man. It does. Oh, man. Yeah. That's a valid That's a valid scenario. I mean, I think just because everybody's allowed to ha- carry a gun doesn't mean everybody will. Like know? North American I mean, Squid Games. For sure. For sure. I know a lot of people oh, that will never oh, yeah, touch a gun. Yeah. Game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fucking Squid Game was great. So I know yeah, that was, was I know great. that gun laws in Canada are closer to what you're talking about, aren't they, Jeff? I'm, yeah. So I'm like, asking Will, but what Jeff was talking about? Yeah, the uh, gun licensing. You have to get a PAL, which is your possession acquisition license, in order to own a gun. A pal. A pal. You gotta get, you a, pal. Have a, pal. You get a gun. Pal. <laughs> your pal is your gun. That makes sense. <laughs> Uh, if you want to have like a handgun or something, then it's a restricted license that goes on top of that. It's another day. So it's three days in total if you want a PAL and a restricted. Plus physical written test for both. And then you have to have a hunting license as well to go hunt for an animal. If you have only a hunting license, good for you. You still can't take a gun out in the bush unless you're with someone who has a registered PAL. No, and then you borrow their gun. I don't like that. <laughs> no. no. That sucks. What's the cost of all that? Is it expensive? I think the hunting course, when 
I did the hunting. That was quite a few years ago. It was like 50 bucks or something. Yeah. So that was pretty affordable. The PAL, I believe, was like a 120, and then you'd pay an additional 50 bucks or something to get the restricted with it. So is that a one once a lifetime, or you had to do that? Hunting? Once hunting every year. Hunting is done. Okay. Now I can just buy my book and get my tags for whatever I'm doing. Okay. Uh, the PAL is good for, I think it's a five or eight year cycle. And if you want to renew, fill out your paperwork, send it to the RCMP so they know you're going to keep your guns. Okay, so it's no retesting or no. anything like that? Not unless you're like the 80 old year old person and just like you have to do for your driving license, please go renew. <laughs> you're too old. <laughs> does, I think you're too old to own a gun. Does Justin Trudeau come to your house and look at all the guns and like, oh, that's nice? Yeah. No, because no. if he did, he'd already be gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he throws a little bit of gravel at you if he doesn't like what you say. <laughs> just because yeah. somebody did it to him one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to come back to him. Uh, but before we, we get to... <laughs> you, to fuck you just I was get, ready. Well, it's like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do it right now. Fuck this thing. Justin Trudeau. Fuck Trudeau. <laughs> we we brought one of the largest hashtags in Canada. We brought Will down from Canada just to say that. <laughs> Fuck Trudeau. Trudeau must go. Trudeau must go. He's got all sorts of nice rhymes that goes with his name. You can make all sorts of great songs and chants. Just Trudeau must go. Just You follow him on Twitter, though, don't you? I don't. I don't even have a Twitter. Yeah. Nice. Good answer. <laughs> Will's more anti-social media than I am, which is saying something. <laughs> well, we don't get a lot of information about Trudeau in this country in our mainstream news. And when, when we do get it, it's usually uh, like, oh, and he did wonderful things about this side project thing that doesn't matter to the people. Like, but He's really why, good at about spending our money. The politicians are excellent. Yeah. Just throwing down the, the checks. And like you guys just had Ian down in Florida. We had Fiona up over on our East Coast, mm -hmm. Russia-Ukraine war. Oh, I'll give them billions and billions of dollars. Problem in our country, here's $300 million. Right. Like, you don't even get 33% of a billion to help your own people. First thing you're told on a plane when you're flying is put the mask on your face before you help the person beside you. you can't help yourself. What the fuck? Right? <laughs> Priorities are a little messed up, I would say, for yeah. sure. Well, that is, that is really interesting, you know, because people from what I understand there's a lot of people that are praising him for that that chunk of chat, cash that he put into Canada yeah those people don't understand economy right <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't well steel steel man uh, Mr. Trudeau what do you like about him Give, give us some things that you like about it. <laughs> this is an unholy tradition we have on Just Right. <laughs> things that I like we about. We got a steel man. We have to try and see things. We don't want him to be a gargamel. I'm not so pretty. <laughs> no, I'm way more gorgeous than that man is. That's the best part. <laughs> There's got to be something good that you like him. It, it, uh, besides, He can do a plank. I'll give him that. Okay. He knows how to plank. <laughs> high praise, high praise. Yeah, he's a he's a really he's a really adequate oh. target for hatred. He, he is. is. <laughs> You're right. You're Excellent right. at deflection. Okay, these are. Positive I mean, traits, I don't mean I it like it's good as in like he's good at it, but he knows how to deflect right. just really badly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I think we've steel manned of a very weak Kinda. steel. Uh, <laughs> So do you agree with any of... Foil. <laughs> so what is it? What's the number one thing that's making... Uh, maybe you, but just in general, people... Why don't people like Justin Trudeau in Canada? Dictator. Okay. What, what number one thing that makes him feel like a dictator to you? To me, personally? Or, or just... What's the argument? The argument is the government has used forceful mandates on our country to... Well, actually, the whole pandemic. It's a pandemic, so we're just enacting this response so we can have extra rights and this and that. Mm -hmm. When that wasn't enough, he made a backroom door deal 
with so in Canada we don't just have two parties. There's conservative, Republican, liberal, Democrat. Then we have NDP, which is kind of liberal but not. There's a Green Party. There's the Bloc Québécois, which only wants to get out of Canada. So nobody They're votes the there except for Quebec. <laughs> it's all Quebec. And now there's also the CPC, which is the... CPC, is that right? Canadian Peoples? Is that the one? No, uh, PCP, I don't know. The People's Party of Canada. <laughs> PPC. Okay. That's there you the go, one. PPC. <laughs> so you have six, seven places to choose from, it sounds like. Yeah, so your voting is always broken up, and like a majority is only ever around 30% 30. of the vote. Yep, and that's what Trudeau has, is about 30%. And he's right? sitting at about 26 or 28% right now, whereas our Conservative Party is currently in the polls at 34 point something. So they're going to swing when right the now, elections yes. come around. It should... What Trudeau did, though, to get more power was make a backroom door with the NDP, and now they're technically a majority. Oh. Because the NDP is willing to support the Liberals' choices if the Liberals do these few things for the NDP, which all cost a lot of money and help out a very select few people of the country. So corrupt as fuck. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, and I've been to Canada a few times and I've listened to... to it sounds like there's always some like money laundering going on in the government and there's always these kind of things, but this is another level. There's a different level. Yeah, there. there's still money laundering. Don't worry about that. Oh, yeah, no, no, who cares about all that shit? <laughs> we got that. Yeah, I, I, the last time I was up there, that was like all over the news, but now it's, uh, I mean, as an outsider looking, I always pay attention to Canada the best, the best I can and it, it did seem like with the, with the gasoline, the, the trucks when they were doing the protests and stuff and that became a big old deal. Yep. And when they started to you know, fine and imprison people for bringing gas cans to these truck drivers. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? That's such a weird level of uh, fucking hating your own people that it was hard to. I could see why you guys wouldn't like them. I mean, it, yeah, it was here in the easy. United States, the, our politicians <laughs> they pretend that they like us, even though we all know that they hate us. Yeah, but it didn't seem like you were even pretending. They're like, yeah, we don't like you. You're all pieces of shit. We're gonna uh, arrest you for helping your <laughs> this perspective of thought. We're racist, masochist. Oh, what's his other favorite words? <laughs> Those are two big ones. Yeah, yeah they are. But we all are. I'm sure. Misogynist. Yeah, that's another one he so. loves. You probably don't like Islam and probably don't like LGBTQ. Well, more than likely, you're right. just that traditional right wing. You basically hate everything because you yeah. disagree He's, with a specific policy. If you agree with him, you're absolutely amazing. You are the perfect citizen. Mm -hmm. Disagree? Go to hell. No, so it's yeah. just the same up there. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's, it's not like, I mean, when you talk about, we kind of glossed over, like when you talk about like, oh, we created these mandates during the pandemic. I think a lot of people in the States go like, oh, well, yeah, fucking fuck off. Like we had that too. Like you had to wear masks and like, you know, you, they were telling you, you need to go get vaccinated. It's like, no, it was way, way, way over that line in Canada. People lost jobs. The doctors and nurses, 50% of them or 30 to 50, somewhere in that neighborhood, lost their job because they were unwilling to get the vaccine because it was their personal choice. Right. And so they said, no, it's not your choice. You have to do to this 50%. for your job. That's higher than here. That's, oh, yeah. A bunch of them lost. Uh, can't leave the country. Uh, if you're unvaccinated, a couple months ago, uh, they all dropped on the first of this month. You cannot ride a plane domestically. You cannot ride a train domestically. You cannot be in a public environment kind of deal with people. Uh, the arenas and things like you want to go to a hockey game? No, unless you're vaccinated. If right. you're not, mm -hmm. 
suck it up buttercup so because we had this pandemic they're they're like well papers please sounds reasonable now and it's like yeah. hey, can you hear yourself don't, <laughs> don't you know and it's like it's not it's nothing to do with like if you if you decide you want to go and get vaccinated for something fucking have at it like that's, oh absolutely that, you know, if, you, if that's what you feel like is right for you full support like fucking go do it you know but like do what you believe was, is right for you but don't make it another person's problem yeah right uh, agreed and on, on on both sides too like i don't think anybody should be like shaming somebody for feeling like they needed to go get vaccinated it's like, absolutely fine, not you know, go for it but but like it's this whole like we have to be in your business to the point where we will govern how you move about freely like that's that's that is that is dictatorship you know mm -hmm. like and to the point where even even if you were vaccinated but then you get covid you're forced to quarantine for so long that you might lose your job because you just can't be at fucking work you yeah know? like it's insane there was at one point you weren't allowed to leave the province see so you were stuck to your own province our version of a state um if I recall correctly, at some point, they were even telling you, like, don't leave your city. There was Christmas. Christmas is over. You should not go gather. Stay away from your family. Christmas is canceled. Yeah. <laughs> There's four people in your residence. You got four people over for Christmas. Good job. You live alone. Have a lonely Christmas. Right. But like, this was the most invasive I've seen in our lives, for sure, from the oh, government. Yeah. They were just like, well, we can take this power, and we did. And people doubled down california had some pretty extra shit that was crazy a few states went pretty like hard new york, on it. Well, yeah. new york, new york well. was pretty hardcore well, we weren't australia was like, canada was yeah like, thank canada, goodness you weren't australia canada was uh like didn't i see like they were they were like if you were supposed to quarantine and you didn't they would like they could come and get yeah you it's a fun story with that it. one my brother he's like head safety for a bunch of diamond and coal mines used to serve army did search and rescue now he's doing this because I don't know what's wrong with him. Um, he was in South Africa when Omicron first came up in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And he was supposed to fly home for Christmas. So he was patient zero. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the entire world was like, nah, we don't want flights from South Africa. Right. No. Did like six or eight connecting flights to finally get back home. Okay. You got to quarantine for two weeks. All right. He's got a uh, Great Pyrenees. Mm -hmm. Big old dog. Huxley. He's 180 pounds. Great big. He's so sweet, though. Great big head on him. Technically, it's his lady's dog, but this lives in the backyard. Somebody showed up to his house and decided to go around back and into the yard to confirm that he was quarantining at his house. Who in their right mind just breaks into someone's backyard to see, I mean, other than a burglar or something? People that have a very so high moral standing. went the way I hope it went. Uh, he ran like a little bitch. <laughs> Huxley's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a question for you guys. So we endured all this stuff. I wonder if it's safe enough to talk about. How'd they do? How'd the government do with all their protections and projections and predictions and their and their version of science? Dude, and they were 100% on. You well, that's what I thought, too. I felt like <laughs> Nailed I, it. I, Nailed I, it. I basically learned about science. For the you know, they taught us about I, science. Yeah. It was great. It's the smarter. science. The, the science. science. I learned about the science. It was awesome. <laughs> I real talk from where uh, if i'm keeping score the governments of the world not just ours or canada's but the governments of the world made this exponentially worse than it would have been if they hadn't 
been involved in or you know orchestrating our response to it there's a big we were like trying to out mandate each other it was, it was. the states in the u.s too it was like oh we can be worse we can be bigger cunts yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna make it so you can't go to the beach oh yeah we we'll care more than you we're sun. gonna restrict you more <laughs> yeah i think there's a lot of a lot of blood on the hands of government officials that of people that wouldn't have died if it wasn't for the way exactly. that they responded to this shit, you know? So it's like, I mean, the 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 people that died from getting COVID is, I'm not ever going to discount that. I mean, that's tragic. You For know? sure. And, and it's, I'm not saying that COVID didn't kill people because it certainly did. Absolutely. But the, I, I am also saying that in addition to that, there, there are a lot of people that died because of, you know, our action, our, our reaction to it, to it mm -hmm. or, you know, or, or our, 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 our officials, our people who are in positions of power in our countries. Trying and, to convince us they can shut the, the economy off like a switch. And then right. and now we're in the situation that we're in largely, not just because of it, but largely because they turned off the supply chain and yeah. they pu pumped a bunch of money into the fucking the whole world pumped a bunch of money into it. So well, and then they just use other shit like a smokescreen like we've talked about before where it's like, oh, no, 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 no. The economy's not messed up because of that. It's messed up because of the war in Ukraine. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> is it though? No, <laughs> it's the corporate profits. Really? Is that why? They... I mean, the war in Ukraine is a factor, I suppose, but that's not the root cause. Like, yeah. I don't see it, how that I can't really make that leap. <laughs> that takes some serious mental gymnastics. You know, well, like me. Will said, most people don't understand economics. It's actually quite uh, it takes right. some time to figure out. Sort of. And it's counterintuitive sometimes too. Mm -hmm. Supply and demand is uh, it's not a make. We didn't make it up. We discovered it, and we're, but we try and fight it constantly. Uh, I don't know. I looked into some data that shows that almost everything that they predicted CDC too. A lot of these studies they put out were wrong. A lot of their data was just awful. And it's hard to know who to trust now. That's the other thing, because I don't want to be a, a wackadoodle in my a life. Lot of the a lot of the studies that the CDC does are in-house, you know? So it's like it's like they're paying their own employees to do their yeah. own studies, and it's like, eh. That's the thing. <laughs> when it comes to science, like, the scientific method is the greatest way for humans to understand the world, but there is a difference between sciences. There's hard sciences and there's soft sciences, and there's a difference between government science, corporate science, and then people that just do science. You know what I mean? Everybody's going to have to be funded some way and there's always an agenda in there, but there is some freedom to do science for science sake and non-political things. But corporate science and government science always come with a little kitty butthole asterisk next to it because it's like, well, what's the agenda here? Yeah, what was your what was your intent? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to, you name a thing that's politicized, it's like, well, no, okay, fuck. These are just people that are doing the science, the science. They are susceptible to not just money it could be money but it could also be peer pressure and well, not to mention science is wrong all the fucking time it, like science is in the business of proving itself wrong yep mm -hmm. like that's that's a that's a part and parcel with the scientific method isn't yeah. it pretty much as soon as they figure something out they try to prove it wrong yes. yeah that's yeah the whole idea we yes. stand on the shoulders of giants and not so. only once they try to prove it wrong in a variety of scenarios because it might be right in some scenarios and wrong in others they know? didn't do that this time around did they not a whole lot of it from where I'm standing. Yeah. You know? They redefined some things. It's, it's like swinging the miss on a knuckleball. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty bad. But it was weird to see how we tribalized how we tribaled up. Like that that was the most disappointing thing to it see was, how yeah, people were it, ready to just weird, eat each man, other. I was I was really tenaciously trying to not be in anybody's camp. I know. But you know what? It hasn't same. gotten better since then. I don't think so. Not the, the, the 
the topics are different. But That's it's it. Still yeah, the same right. fucking yeah. tribes, and it's going to be something else next week, and the week after that it'll be something else, and it's just going to continue. Yeah, I guess it that's was, what we I, are now. I mean, yeah, maybe it's it more fair to say that it just really, it really put the full extent of the polarization on display better than anything else has so far. Like more on that's, the nose, you know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, we threw a bucket of paint on the ant hill, and now we saw every fucking ant. Yeah, <laughs> I do no want to say this yeah. though. Back in, was it 2004 when that Super Size Me came out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even in that video, I don't remember what, because I fell asleep watching it. I watched it the other day. He was drinking the whole time doing that, by the way. Just That's okay. Yeah. I, I just wanted, I wanted to watch it because I'd never watched it. Started I watching too. it, and I don't remember. <laughs> that was my life for like five years. I don't remember <laughs> what the topic was, but even it was 2004, everybody that I ran into was talking about some, some end of the world fucking thing in 2004. I don't remember what it was. Okay. But uh, well, it wasn't Y2K. They missed that one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little early well, for the Mayan calendar, Y2K, though. Y2K, so swing and a miss on that. So Mayan calendar, what's 2012. What's, yeah. what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. So they just kept... It, just, there's always something going on in society that, that the sky is falling all the fucking time. Yeah. People now it's newspapers. more and more People of the sky is falling. People the end of the world, dude. We different different yeah. chunks of the sky are coming down at the same time now. People are in love with the end of the world. There's some piece, There's some integral piece of humanity that wants to see the whole thing burn. I think so too. I don't. You We're can be the biggest saint, but it. there's there's some there's some deep part of you that still would like be like, fuck yeah, if everything just went up in smoke, you know. Like, if you if as long as you didn't, and some of the people you liked didn't, if you guys smoke, are yeah. not playing, watch it burn while that actually happens. <laughs> I'm gonna be highly disappointed. <laughs> so you're saying it's gonna be within our lifetime. <laughs> you know, when we, we did get to play Watch It Burn, that's one of our songs for people listening. Uh with the, when the Recommend. sky was on fire. Yeah, for with all an that. excessive amount of fireworks. Yeah, like it was, that like, was pretty like cool. picture picture your crazy neighbors in your neighborhood that like spend thousands upon thousands of dollars on fireworks just so they can have a, like out war the guy in the other neighborhood, you know, across the cul de sac. And multiply, multiply it by it. about 10. Yeah, exactly. This is a professional, like, <laughs> yeah, blow up the yard. This, we hired this fucking company, and we were like, I, I mean, I expected a good show, but I didn't expect that. Fire. Uh, like, it was like. They were like a legit There was more show. fire dude. than sky. Dude. It was like, it awesome. It was wild. And it was in the middle of a neighborhood that doesn't like that kind of <laughs> yeah. shit, which made it really fun, too. <laughs> it was like a recently gentrified yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, super bougie. Posh people that paid way too much to live in what used to be a crack hood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they're exactly. like, what the fuck? That is, uh, that, I have five ordinances that are going off in my head. <laughs> None of those works. <laughs> Well, fuck. Fuck. All right. So now let's move along to some advice that we give ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this week is uh, about boundaries and finding your boundaries. But I think, is this you, Jeff, with the boundaries? Uh, let's see. Yeah. It says, here, I'll, I'll start it because we talked about this before. It's like when you get into a relationship, probably the, one of the best things you can do is discuss, if you can even think of them is discuss your boundaries, right? Try and figure them out. Because it feels good when you find that it's okay that your boundaries have been put out into the world and that somebody's seen them and that they accept them, right? Right. Okay. I don't know if that's where you're going or not. I feel like it's hard. It'd be hard to sit down. I mean, other than, you know, the Safe obvious words. ones. Safe like, words is like a good boundary. 
don't brush your teeth with my toothbrush. <laughs> that's a boundary, man. I Even know. though we're allowed to make out, and that makes no sense. Right. Don't use it. For don't because I don't like it. <laughs> I think in personal general, space. <laughs> personal space. I think in general, a lot of times in people in the world where they want to be a nice person, they do, they end up, they don't have any boundaries. Mm-hmm. Agreeable um, people don't generally. Yeah, and they, they they're know, not good they at showing them. Yeah. Let people walk on them and. Mm-hmm. We all have that in us. Yeah, too. yeah, all of us do for sure. I mean, that was hell. That was, I pretty much made a career out of it. In reality, yeah. I mean, you know, I'd, Mr. Helpy Helperton, you know, mm-hmm. if I could help you, that meant that <laughs> you probably you that. <laughs> that you needed me and I had value. That's how I gave myself value. But in doing so, I sacrificed my own boundaries. Um, and I guess it's really just recognize what your boundaries are and don't be afraid to display them because if you don't, you're only cheating yourself and the people around you. They won't know. What makes us afraid to not want to share our boundaries? Uh, I think it's uh, loss of value. If somebody doesn't, if I set a boundary and somebody that I care about it, they feel some sort of violation from that, or, or you know, or they're slighted from that, then they're not going to care about me as much, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, I, I'll lose them in my life if I don't allow this behavior from them. And they need me. And if they need me, then they love me. Weird shit, right? <laughs> right. Well, so uh, telling people your boundaries kind of sometimes helps you figure out the people in your life that, are, <laughs> you, that know, you can be comfortable with. What's really cool about recognizing, them out. recognizing what your boundaries are and being able to express them, you can get people out of your life that you don't want in there really goddamn easy. It's for perfect. Sure. For sure. Yeah. You can, just, nice. you can also just express some political things. and Oh, yeah. Or you could, yeah. <laughs> they're out. <laughs> just say something totally blocked. opposite of you know, what they think. and Yeah. Blocked. Well, I think uh, it's hard. It's hard to recognize your own boundaries because you kind of have to run into some shit that makes you feel some kind of way like you want would want a boundary in order to know where your boundary should be in the first place so right. sometimes it's hard to know and sometimes it's a matter of like well i didn't know this was a boundary but i think it needs to be a boundary and so you just bring it up you know like it's just like a new thing out of the blue and that can make people feel like you're capricious and right which is also kind of like a, oh like <laughs> look on and 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 maybe you are too like you should probably examine that be like is this just bothering me because i didn't get toast for breakfast this morning and i'm bitter like is this a me problem my boundaries are fluid that i need to have (laughs) fluid boundaries (laughs) you know but it's okay for your boundary to shift but i think if you're going to be in a situation where you're having somebody close to you in your life whatever that whatever form that relationship takes you need to just maintain some level of open discourse about it and have you know try to cultivate a mutual understanding that's like hey uh, if if something bothers me i'm gonna bring it up and and talk about it and and maybe it's something that needs to change you know Mm -hmm. like that's and, and if that takes the form of i gotta set some boundaries here or this is a boundary that i've always had or this is a boundary that i just realized i needed like it's it's it you owe it to yourself and to the people that are sharing close proximity with you to fucking bring it up and, Big time. and but it's scary too because it can it, it's like potential confrontation you mm-hmm. know because it's just like hey i know you're just being you but i don't like that thing you did it bothers me you know so like that's a that's tough well and i have an example of that where i thought a boundary that i set just last night potentially could have started an argument and the story is um about two weeks ago, this homeless guy showed up at my front door. Uh, my girlfriend was over at the time. 
she came down asked me if i had a tent and then she explained kind of what was going on I'm like no i've got some i've got some stuff some you know cold gear for this guy she wanted to give the homeless person at your door a tent yeah he was asking no, for a tent don't do that then they'll, they'll never leave <laughs> set up a tent well, he didn't ask for a bank he asked for a tent neighbors and a spot. Yeah. the intent was the intent in the tent was for him to go somewhere else anyway i gave him some warm weather gear sent him on his way he left well then yesterday afternoon he shows up and he's got a friend like two weeks later mm. and he starts asking for stuff he was he was talking to her again out front and uh she's being very polite you know we don't have anything for you but you know it was nice to see you kind of thing right. well then they showed up <laughs> nice at, to see you neighbor <laughs> then they showed up at nine o'clock last night we were watching a movie and uh i'm like who the fuck is that? i don't even know anybody out here who's at my door mm-hmm and uh, it's these two guys. And I open the door, and she's in the back. It's like, oh, hi, guys. How are you? And I'm like, <laughs> what enough. the fuck are you doing at my house at 9 o'clock? <laughs> like, okay, the intent of me helping you was for you to get your shit together and go away, not continue to come back. You, mm-hmm. you, you've got to go. Like, don't please don't come back. Like, you're nice guys. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. But... In the meantime, she's still trying to be nice. And, and <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> shit. And then I realized, oh, oh, she just got to see one of my boundaries. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and I was being a dick while she's being nice. And there was this moment I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, fuck. My I showed gonna stuff. Not like That's not going to be good. Like, <laughs> right. And she's like, no. She's like, I'm like, was that cool? Like, you're being nice. And she's, she's like, no, you're totally right. I just, she's like, I don't know how to. Tell people to leave like that. Right. That's something that I have to work on. Yeah. Like, no, well, you're totally right. Well, give give people that. that that can't do that. Give them a secret. What's the secret to being able to do that? How do you get that? Confidence Understand that you might have conflict, and it's okay to have conflict. Just because you say something and it creates conflict, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. Recognize if you are. But if you're standing up for something for your principle, you can't be wrong. Well, recognize too that conflict inherently makes most people uncomfortable. Like yeah. The people that you're creating conflict with. Nine times out of ten, they're not going to like it either, and they're going to want it yeah. to stop. You yeah. know, so like, yeah, could it could it escalate? Yes, you know, I, I do it, understand. But, but will it? Nine times out of ten, no, not unless you're way over the top. <laughs> right. I do understand that. I mean, conflict was my job, right? I mean, most most of the time, I was I was going to somebody's conflict. It wasn't always with me, but I was there to resolve conflict or be in conflict. Yeah, and you so, immediately were the. I still don't like it in my personal life, but if I have to be in it, it's a lot easier. And and I, you know, I also can control myself better than most people in conflict too, and have a conversation, not scream and yell. So well, you've also been in a lot of fights, so you know what yeah. it's like to be in a fight, and you know what you're capable of. Most people don't know. That's what true. Yeah, most of. people have a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I exactly. It was uh, Mike Tyson that said that. Until <laughs> <laughs> you get punched in the mouth. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I love Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is so fucking cool. I think he is. He's super fucking. He's he's on my list of highest. Like a guy with a good sense of humor about himself too. Like I would love to check out his cartoon. I would love to hang out with Mike Tyson for like an evening. I know, right? So great. It would be fun. Just kind of living on on that list of mine. I watch him on podcasts, and you can see people are just a little bit like uncomfortable because it's like this guy could tear us apart. He doesn't, and he kind of wants to. Just don't make him mad. Oh yeah, he's he knows his demons well. He says, "I feel that way about Jeff." I still hang out with him. (laughs) Fair enough. He feels like he has some sage wisdom too lately. Like he just kind of comes out with some Confuciusisms and all the lessons that guy's got to learn in life. He's been through some serious shit, man. I hope he gains some wisdom along the way. 
I feel like if you tattoo your face like that, no, sorry. <laughs> you learn a lot of things about a lot of things. I guess I'll cancel my appointment for tomorrow. <laughs> Unless you, if you want to learn those things, you Never can mind. learn those things. Just get a good one. Maybe not a tribal tattoo on the face. That's, yeah, you're right. It really shows, <laughs> the tribal tattoo shows his age for uh -huh. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the 90s ruled, huh, I think bro? I was already making fun of your arm yeah. a couple episodes ago. But you know what? Look I was that. a teenager. Look, you can't even see because, look, I've got this one little tribal band <laughs> on <laughs> his arm. But it's so secretly in there now. What a loser. I know. <laughs> Nerd. And I, what's funny about that tattoo is this guy, I arrested him like four bar or five times. What's that? At least it's not barbed wire. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's not barbed wire. I almost it's got that. the male yeah. version of That would be it super was, gay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, you're nice. supposed to be like a Frankenstein, I thought. That's what that is. Yeah, it's not yeah. barbed wire. But for, for all of you who don't stitches? have, for all of you that I didn't just lose by using the G word derogatorily, sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah, right. I grew up that way. But for all of you who can't see, I... Uh, I have tattoos on my wrist that everybody always thinks is barbed wire. And it's not, but I get why they think that, because they're not finished and it looks like barbed wire. <laughs> you look cool, though. It looks like your arm. You can take your hands off. This guy that gave me the tattoo, he was a great guy, but he used to get some warrants because he had a little bit of a drink and driving problem. Mm. So. He got drunk and then tattooed you. No. No, no. <laughs> but. <laughs> no, but I arrested him on a warrant. I just knocked on his door. Hey, how you doing? Hey, dude, you got to go to jail. He's like, Fuck, do I? I'm like, well, you want me to take you or do you want someone to chase you? He's like, no, I'll go with you. Nice. So I set up my appointment. <laughs> He's like, I'll bond out. He's like, when are you off? I'm like, I'm off at two in the morning. He's like, oh, well, just come to my house when you're off work. I'll give, I'll give you a tattoo. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got that tattoo. Interesting. And connection. now it's covered. Fuck yeah. Outstanding. But yeah. it's not super covered. But it still covered. has a good story. Yeah, but we were friends. I just arrested my friend. I'm totally, I'm totally, I, I'm totally for shitty tattoos as long as they have a good story. Fair enough. Like, that's the whole point of having a tattoo, isn't it? Just to have a story that goes with it. Like that guy with the cat's asshole where his belly button is. I feel like that's a good story. <laughs> that's a good story. That's, that's a good, has to be a good story, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, why did you do that? I can only assume he likes to dig in his belly button. <laughs> and watch himself in the mirror and jerk off. Oh. Wow. And there was one day he was picking lint and he's like, oh, oh. like a cat butthole. 2.7, oh, baby. Get that tattoo. 2.7. 2.7. Raw dog in that belly button hey, well, butthole. Know, he's tipping that up Better and filling that cup. Better, oh, better his own <laughs> belly button than his poor cat. Right. That's, all I'm saying. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, we got one last thing. Actually, we should say one more thing. Uh, fuck Trudeau, since he came all this fuck way Trudeau. to say that. Yeah, fuck, fuck Trudeau. Trudeau. Fuck Trudeau. Uh, fuck the government in general. Uh, even the people that are trying real hard. Even fuck you guys as well. But the last thing that we have, Shaden, is on you. It's things uh -oh. that we learned about hexagons. And this should be very short. Oh. So this is the end of the show. It is short. But we I'll learned something. It, I'll keep it brief. But I learned an uh, interesting thing about hexagons. And there's some contention because it's like hexagons versus triangles, right? As far as which one is the Gang best load-bearing shape. Sharks and jets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, uh a lot of people say hexagon. Some people say triangle because it has less points of intersection. Okay. But the point is hexagon as a shape is not only super strong, like architecturally speaking, you can actually make some of the strongest woven material out of layered hexagons because of the way that they distribute uh, the load okay. against one another. Um, but the more interesting thing about hexagons is it's the most naturally occurring shape in, in the world. Like it occurs in nature just on its own. Hmm. If you have bubbles on the surface of water, they naturally try to form hexagons. Um, 
if you have, I mean, beehives, the bees, I learned this, this is, this maybe would have been a more interesting thing, but it ties into the hexagons. Bees actually build their honeycombs initially in circles, but it's the weight distribution of all of them together that turns them into hexagons. Really? Yeah. Nature's tight. Mm-hmm. Math and all have, the fucking if time. If you have uh, like basalt, basalt, basalt columns mm-hmm. that you see, always hexagons. It's and like it naturally it's because it's because it's pressure of of volcanic um, material being pressed together by plates, and that's the best load bearing shape. Allegedly, is it's the best displacement by surface area. You sure this isn't a shovel dick theory? It's uh, yeah, I, I vetted it for about fifteen minutes, so I'm quite certain. <laughs> Let's make that a saying. That's a that sounds pretty shovel dick to me. Yeah, that's kind of is shovel. that shovel cock? That's like not shovel, shovel, shovel cock. I don't know. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. It I is. love shit like that, like like naturally occurring things, like the like the note, the tone, the pitch, C, mm-hmm. <laughs> the note C yeah. is the most naturally occurring note in in the world too. Oh. Like when your ears ring, it's C. Really? Mm-hmm. And Jerry's just poor Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> our violin he's player. Like, he's like perfect my pitch. ears ring in C, but it's sharp yeah, by exactly. point zero. <laughs> exactly. One cent up. Fucking help me. All right. Well, that's this week's show. This has been a lot of fun. And thank you, you Will, for coming yeah, all the way from coming Canada. All the way down. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you didn't bring any Timbits? No Timbits. There was no, no ketchup chips. No syrup. No, that's mine. Um, <laughs> poutine's mine, too. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, we would we would have liked. Next time, please bring ketchup chips. Now that I know. Okay, thank you. you know what else is yours? You. Trudeau. You can, yeah. Yeah. Fuck Trudeau. Yeah, don't, don't bring him. Don't, you can leave him up there. That's fine. Trade you for Biden. <laughs> no, it's not even a good trade. <laughs> you can have them all. We'll just send all the politicians to Canada and see what happens. Dude. You guys will have a good time. Canada can become Australia, but for politicians instead of criminals. Fuck yes. <laughs> yes. But then throw, give them all the guns. Yeah. Yeah. You're already you, here, dude. Come on, out. come on out. <laughs> you can pick one province to fucking uh, yeah, keep. One. Okay. Oh, no, no. That's the one to like doom. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you get to keep? keep one BC. Got to be oh, BC. Be BC. Yeah, yeah, of course. So beautiful. Yeah. Of course, BC. It's got the two best. I mean, at the same time, if we wanted maple syrup, it's Quebec True. and poutine. Ooh, we know how to make poutine. Yeah, we've learned though. enough. We know <laughs> enough. Yeah, <laughs> your secrets are ours, Quebec. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to Just Ride Podcast number fifteen on the Skycast Network. You can uh, write to us at justaridepod at gmail dot com. It's just a ride pod. That's right. Or at skycast dot com. Info at skycast if you'd like to do it that way as well. Also, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash scatcast. Soon to be one for us, but now you can just give me the money instead. Yeah, you can come to my house, but bring gin if you do. Yep, you can come to my house. I'm not telling you where I live, so you have to... (laughs) They'll find out. Good luck. Challenge accepted. (laughs) Not that hard. (laughs) Scatcast.com for merch and all that shit. And uh, yeah, we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like the present. Bye. See ya. Later. It's just a ride. That's Canadian farts. Ooh, that one had maple syrup in it.